You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now! I want you to want me. Oh, buddies, 
It's the Ron and Fez Show on what science tells us is a Wednesday, a hump day, a day to say we're in between Monday and Friday. Uh, because of that, we're doing drink specials throughout the show today. Oh, yes. Um, any mixed cocktail, a dollar. Sign me up. Yeah. Come on. Well, it's also a salute to 1954. Hell yeah. So a dollar per cocktail. Can I get five Scotch ginger ales? Why five? <laughs> Baker's dozen? Don't you got a 10 to 10 10 ready to go? <laughs> All right, uh, Polo is in with us today and giving me a, a lot of information on what Fez has been up to, I guess Jaws 2 and stuff like that. Absolutely. Polo, I noticed you're also doing a new kind of dye, copper tips. <laughs> you went copper tips with the hair. Yes. And I get comments in the street, especially people I argue with in, in gas stations, when they cut in front of me, you say, you got a lousy dye job, you bastard. Well... Here's the thing. Who did this for you? I do it. I just. But why do you just do the tips, or you just do it, not I do it enough? I just throw some crap on my hair and comb it. And but it, it seems like to just to do the tips, it's probably because you're not doing it enough. I probably am not. I, I have because a, it's way gray, and then you have copper tips, <laughs> and you're going to a big meeting. In L.A. when? This week? Well, he's in L.A. now. I mean, we could have a deal before I even get there. Now, from what you were telling me, your partner on this, you had to bankroll. Oh, I did because, you know, and he doesn't want to stress me. So he didn't even tell me till the last minute that this guy, this kid and his father drove down six hours from Pennsylvania to buy his Camaro. And then the father starts bitching and he says... What? And then he finds out the kid is looking at the pictures on his stupid cell phone. That's your stupid kid. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, your story A makes no sense. This is the only part. You can't go into business, particularly when you're trying to sell a movie, with a broke dick partner. <laughs> That's your biggest problem. You had to go in fucking pocket, and this is the long con. Now, do, you, do you promise not to wear that pajama shirt into your Hollywood meeting? I do. I do. I got a lot of black t-shirts, you know, of sorts. <laughs> they travel well. You got to dress for success, my friend. You've got to dress for success. Um, so you were, uh, before I get into this, I got to do a spy report. Spy report. Spy report. This is the big story of the day, the story everybody's talking about. Uh, Shauna, Georgia. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, first, I want to say it's been three months, and I've been waiting to call in since I've been in Afghanistan, but Aaron Hernandez has been released by the New England Patriots after being arrested. Well, he was arrested. Uh, pictures up on the iBang of him doing the old-fashioned perp walk. But even beyond that, uh, the second that he was arrested, New England Patriots launched him. Now, Paulo, this is stuff you don't pay attention to at all. You call it boy news. I, I, I will say this, that I do not send him to Russia or extradite him to Russia or whatever it is. Uh, that's a different guy. Okay, that's a sorry. completely different guy. You're on Snowden right now. And do we know if he's in, as Paulo puts it, Russia? Uh, <laughs> last news was he's just hanging out in the airport. In what airport? The Rus an airport in Russia that Putin's saying is technically not Russian soil. It's an airport. All right, I'm going to now call this uh, Earth to the Terminal. <laughs> so uh, the Terminal, uh, big, big uh, film for probably Steven Spielberg's biggest film because the effects were amazing. 
at one point I thought I saw an orange Julius. That's how great the effects were. Delicious. Now you said you and Fez got up this morning and watched Joel's too. I I actually woke up before him and watched Joel's too, and he did join. He it. sleeps in quite a, a while. He huh? pushes his button like seven, eight times. All right. That's See, bad. he he had a, a lot. he had a big <laughs> pre-show fuck up today, and what should be his big day. We thought he would be celebrating, but. Uh, you know, because some of the gay news came out as positive, mm -hmm. Doma, blah, blah, blah. That's if you can understand anything in the Supreme Court. I rarely can get, because even on the news, they won't say exactly what it means. No one knows. But why that is happening, you guys are cuddled up together watching Jaws First 2. First of all, it's my fault. I came in late. I tried to get the LRI, the bullet train, and I, then I wind up on a subway platform. These are details no, no one cares about. <laughs> Uh, Charlie, Charlie, you're on the run of Fez show. Ronnie B, 25-232, my brother. Oh, that's old school, so you get a... hoo And the new people don't know what... hoo ...means. Ronnie, big shocker on the Ron and Fez today. Uh, Polo admitted he gets into fights at a gas station. Who would have thunk it? He is the most easygoing, level-headed, calm, cool, collected... I mean, when you think height, you think of Polo. He only gets a dollar of gas, too. <laughs> Again, like it's 1954. Just give me a dollar. Who knows how long I'm going to be around? No one knows at this point. How long are you staying with Fez? Uh, I'm going to do as much as I can in the next 48 hours. All right, because you're already telling me he's locked in the, under the dome, he sleeps late, and then it's Jaws, too. It's my fault. I mm. caused them to stay up late last night. We went out and had a pizza. Oh. This is why nothing gets done, Chris. And I never find out the truth. Four minutes into Paul being here. Pa Paul, Four we get minutes. all the truth. And it's the only way that we really know why Fez's life is so I chaotic. Know, but I bring chaos into his life. It's my fault. Maybe he... I had trouble sleeping because of the sound of someone eating cookies in bed with us. That was in the morning. I didn't eat cookies in bed. And I told him yes, not to roll did. out the mattress because it's noisy. It's squeaky. Roll out the mattress. So two of you laid in bed together last we night? We did. And he was, he, he was the, uh, what do you call the guy who... Fucks. That owns the bed. <laughs> he was the one who said to do it. Now, I didn't have to I'm push I'm sure it. he did. Yeah, oh, yeah. Did you touch I'm it? I'm sure the conservative guy uh, wants to do it very, very properly. Um, Fez has zero pull in the gay world, though. Even his big referendum the other day? Yeah. Nowhere. I would have thought like a Breitbart would have loved that. Not even a retweet. <laughs> Not even a retweet. When he came out, huge. Yeah. Everywhere. Well, the, the not, not with the straight sites, oh, yeah. no gay sites. He is not recognized as a uh, gay. Um, but it is an exciting day, I guess, for the gays. The uh, defense of marriage act has been shot down, and something happened with Prop Eight, which I. Uh, it got kicked back out. I never know the details of these things because they go on and on and on. But the big story is the Patriots have dropped all their gays. So I guess that shows Thank you uh, just how important this is. Thank God. Um, make sure that you go over the iBang if you grill um, the barbecue contest or... BBQ, as it's put here, is uh, 
is is going to be happening starting now all through the Fourth of July week. Now, uh, if you grill, get some pictures of it. Uh, a bunch are coming in. I like the people who also say this is exactly what we're doing. Describe it a little bit. Sell it a little bit uh, because we're giving uh, away a Hall of Fame uh, basketball signed by Bill Bradley. It's a hell of a prize. Bill Bradley, by the way, not getting any younger. So quite the collectible. Actually, the summer grilling photo contest, the prize for that is True Romance, signed by James Gandolfini. We gave away the basketball for something else. We gave that away for the weekender uh, on Monday. I can't even keep up. I, we're giving away so much stuff, Polo. I'd like to have some Jaws 2 stuff for you and Fez. It's an awesome movie. And what kind of uh, cookies you have? Tates? Uh, what do you mean? Tates? What kind of cookies did you eat? Oh, he gave me some chocolate chip cookies. He said before I went to bed, so here's some cookies for you, Paul. Here's what I don't understand. Isn't he a diabetic? Yeah, that's and then not his house, house is filled with chocolate chip cookies. I keep thinking of me. You know, like wheatgrass. Yeah. Uh, and they were Tates. That's all I asked. That's all I asked. Could have been done then. Uh, yesterday we weren't in because a movie was being shot here. I'm not allowed to give away anything Chris Rock shot uh, a, a film uh, up in here and I'm not and O&A were in it and I can't give anything away I'm going to do a slight spoiler yeah just a very slight spoiler uh, Opie kills Chris Rock in this movie now the thing that's amazing though more than a slight. is right before sorry what is that more than a slight spoiler okay, let me do my thing uh Right as Chris Rock, it is one of the best death scenes I've ever witnessed. He's dying. He looks up at o Opie and he says, Rolo Tomasi. Now, I don't know how that's going to play into it. I think when, when Opie says it to Anthony later, then we're going to know something. Yeah. This movie is fucking great, though. Rolo Tomasi. Get the reference, Hicks? Fez? No, Polo. It, it it it's in there somewhere. <laughs> Maybe from the greatest movie that's ever been done. And this is what I got. You know why? Because the fucking Jaws too, the Tate Seeders, the fucking Tate's clubs get together. And then it was Gotcha after that. Oh my God! This is this is why he we were the last people to get up the fucking Prop Eight stuff, and without links. Um. Do me a favor and uh, send me classic Shelbs. Shelby, please. Come. Oh, Shelby. Shelby, of course, is our crack intern, just uh, killing everything. Shelby, you said in a story today, man in coma after eating four hundred biscuits. You linked us to. Rock City Times, Arkansas's second most unreliable news source. And then and next to that, of course, uh, they just make a big thing about being a satirical site. <laughs> right. Okay. Real news. Real news is what's needed. Not the Rock City <laughs> Times. 
Arkansas's second most unreliable news source. Not my best moment, I'd say. I think it was your actual best <laughs> moment. That's the best ever. Do you notice they said they um, took two pounds of butter out of him? That sounded... <laughs> that, that didn't... That sounded like a lot of butter. I mean... Yeah, that is a lot of butter. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of butter. Yeah. But here's what I like about it. You're in there trying. You're doing shit. We could have, like, somebody here actually eat that many biscuits and make it a true story. Yeah, if this was 1989, we would do that bit. (laughs) We got Paul Owen. Let's have him eat 200 biscuits. And who knows? Maybe he'll throw up or pass out. Remember the 10 pounds of ravioli? Yeah, I remember all the hack bits we did, Paul. (laughs) One after the other. Remember when you killed Don Vito? (laughs) Yes, I do. By making him choke on a chicken wing and puke. It's one of my prouder moments. You remember what he did to you? Pulled off your fucking (laughs) hairpiece. Which was a sponsored event by Hair Club for Men. Oh, Jesus Christ. And he pulled it off. And there was just fucking all this heavy glue stuck in between the hairpiece and Polo's scalp. Yeah, but he had help. It's usually him and his and his cronies, his, his nephews or whatever that was. Mm, let's just call it nephews. Uh, no one judge. When a grown man is traveling around with nephews, <laughs> scary. But the Supreme Court says we should not uh, worry about it. Family man. Uh, all right, Director Shasta already wrote in. Uh, how did Polo not get that reference? I thought he knew movies. You gotta understand, there's maybe six, seven million movies made. I, If you're Whoa. lucky, you've seen a hundred thousand movies. Polo never watches the end of a movie. He watches bits and pieces. <laughs> it's not true. Not true. I you said, you've walked out of screenings all the time. Alright, this is a very good thing that we know why Fez ends up uh, not knowing where he is on the air. Number one, late sleeper, constantly hitting his little thing. Two, Wakes up uh, watching movies and eating Tate's cookies. And three, uh, the night before, he's in love with Under the Dome. Uh, here's Logan. Logan, you're on the Ron and Fez show. What's up, boys? Hey, uh, I just want to get to your mystery movie quote. And I don't know how anybody's not picking up on... Uh LA Confidential. There you go. Ring the bell. We've got a big winner. Send him into the prize closet right now, Chris Stanley. What do you have for him? A Bill Bradley ball? (laughs) No, no Bill Bradley balls. Hmm. Too bad. What does he get? What does he win? He's going to get a copy of... He's going to get a DVD copy signed. Nothing in front of us, huh? Hey, by the way... uh, (laughs) The shitty prize that you offered the other day. Predator 2, signed by Danny Glover. Queen Elizabeth says, could you stick that up your ass? Nothing about him. And she would like a signed Pepper Keat shirt. I can always say this. I know yeah. we have some lady shirts. We correct? have four lady shirts. Sign them by all of us right now, including Polo. Okay. And that's for Queen Elizabeth. Sorry we offered you something as hack. Hack. As, yeah, hack. You gotta understand something. Yeah. This is Hollywood East right now. Big movie was shot in here. Uh, the death scene that took place. And I'm not going to give anything away from the movie, so a little spoiler alert. But Opie comes down from a wire, from the ceiling, upside down, shooting fucking machine guns at the same time. Sounds like Boondock Saints. 
It's not a rip-off movie, dude. It's a fucking real, honest-to-God thriller. Like, you know, the old old style, like you like, like Jaws 2. Black and white. Copperhead can... Copperhead wrote. What do you have planned for uh, Fez tonight? Well, he has something planned for me tonight. Um, I I was really excited about going to the Cloisters with him. Oh, that's a great idea. Why don't you go to the Cloisters? He's nice. never been there. But we have a meeting tonight with uh, a movie uh, executive of some sort or something. A movie executive? What's the movie executive going to do? He, he's just going to uh, listen to some pitches from me, I guess. Because, you know, I don't want to let w any moss grow under my feet. I want to have things happening every second. I want to talk to people, pitch, pitch, pitch constantly. So, Fez knows a heavyweight in the film industry. Something along the way. Somebody point. who can greenlight a film. Some, somebody who could get it to the right person. Is what I'm trying. This is exciting. Phew. That for Fez to go out of his way like that, even though he never tells us that he knows somebody that can greenlight a film. High-powered producer type. Yeah. Sounds like a Scott. You see, I have two camps. I have the Hollywood people, and then I want to get in with the indie people. I guess that's the Weinstein folks on this coast. Exactly. What, what are you pitching tonight? Do you know? I have 60 projects I'd like to pitch. I'm, I, I haven't actually... I've been. They say when you go into a meeting... Have as many possible things you could do to confuse. Now, if you could only pitch one of your projects, what could it be? I, I, again, I did do my elevator pitch where Jim Carrey uh, is a uh, a dirty cop who gets shot in the head and then becomes like a simple-minded, like kind of a guy. Uh, yeah, like the Harrison Ford movie. Yeah, that's what I said last time. It's, it's witness meets uh, regarding Henry. But. But with, why Jim Carrey? I, well, it's even better now that he hates guns. You know, no one likes getting <laughs> shot in the head. Even the <laughs> even the NRA guy does not like being shot in the head. Well, I'm just saying he plays a dirty cop. I'm I want him to get his Oscar, and that's my main thing. He's gotten the Golden Globe noms, and he still hasn't gotten his Oscar. Oscar, not even an Oscar nom, and I think he's been wrong. Where's your meeting at tonight? Is it in the Weinstein offices? I'm not exactly or? sure because I think Fez's brother is involved as well. Fez's his brother the accountant? I don't understand this story. This is a fucking web of weirdness. Is what I this don't is. understand this story. Can I just point something out here? If you did it at the Cloisters, it would be a lot better. And he's excited about that because of Tim Gunn. Who's he? The the fashion guy. No, but who who's excited about Fez it? Fez is. He said, we're going to the Cloisters, and I go, oh, the ti the only time I've seen that is when Tim Gunn visited it. Hmm. And he's on Project Runway. See, we wouldn't even known about that if it wasn't from Paul. No, what? I have no idea he'd want to go to the Cloisters. No. We could have done the show from the Cloisters. <laughs> That's great. And how many times have we turned down Tim Gunn to be on our show? <laughs> But now, all of a sudden, that's playing its now way back into it. He wants it. So, you know, we've cultivated this this Weinstein thing. Harvey's been on the show a couple of times. He brings uh, a lot of his producers and directors through here. Mm -hmm. And we're paying back by Polo. <laughs> I, look, the fact is, my friend's in L.A. Hopefully a deal's made before I even get there. But It normally is. Yeah. Be the right it normally is. <laughs> I'll tell you this. That that is the only way it's going to happen. Are you going to fix your hair before you go there? I might put some product. <laughs> you ought to fucking go in dressed like Pussy Riot. It would be a better chance that you would have. Um, all right, give us another pitch. 
I uh, well, okay. First of all, my Kickstarter, as far as the indie project, I did put up another Kickstarter, which is some celebrities need help. I, I wasn't going to push it. I wasn't going to thing it, but I just wanted you to know that I would like, because I know through the history of the show, I'd like to do a documentary about this show. I think it would be tremendous. Well, you will not be doing a documentary with me in it. No, I understand that. I mean, that's, yeah. that's usually a given. Okay. <laughs> so, how are you doing a documentary of the show? Well, it depends. As they say, there's there's two ways you could do if I were to do it. You could do it as a uh, show, uh, one with cooperation or one without cooperation. Just follow me around as I'm <laughs> going Fucking back and car. forth to work. Seems like he likes a little cigar before he goes up. It's probably why he doesn't get there until the end of the song. You notice that the song is playing now, and he's down there smoking a cigar, talking to people. There are many human history uh, stories that took place over the years of the show. I think they're fascinating stories, each and every one of them, by themselves. Mm -hmm. And So it wouldn't be a vanity piece, it would be a real hard-hitting type piece. Well, yeah, but without my approval, why would I, why would I help you with the Kickstarter? It's I, again, it's just I have sixty ideas. This right, is just you, you don't care. You never care if any of your fucking ideas don't go through because you got fifty nine others. Exactly. You've got fifty nine other ideas. You know, I I try to put the flag up and see who salutes it. So that's that's your idea. One is a dark uh Biography of the Ron Fez show. Right. Shot from corners. <laughs> and the one's long distance camera. <laughs> exactly. It'll look like if TMZ <laughs> shot a documentary where the people are walking from the car to the fucking building. Right. Just me yelling out, I'm not answering your questions. Which makes it for even two better. Hours. And why do, what, uh, and who are the celebrities that need help? Uh, well, I mean, that was the original concept is that, you know, there are many celebrities who need help. And, of course, we always, you know, Fez's life has been on the air for many years. And, you know, to, to a lot of degree, that, that was the idea behind it originally, you know, that, that some celebrities need help. And I consider Fez a celebrity. So do, how, are, how is this documentary going to help him? I mean, you're all but calling him retarded. You're, dead, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're saying, saying a man can't take head. care look of himself. Look at Lindsay Lohan. Look at Charlie Sheen. Look at Robert Downey Jr. These are all interesting. Yeah, they could all bankroll fuck in their own documentaries. <laughs> exactly. Why don't you just get the money from Fez if it's a documentary about him? Well, I would rather do Fear of Everything, but clearly everybody didn't take it seriously. But Fear, what's that mean? The The... The Kickstarter I did last time. I mean, I have you raised over fucking forty dollars for that exactly. One. I did raise over forty dollars, but I mean, I think the the idea behind it is I wrote this. I finished the script. This is not what we're talking about, though. This is going to be what your problem is with the pitch. Right. You have to laser down one project, pitch it, okay. sell it, get right. a yes, not suddenly start talking about another project. That's true. That's true. But, I mean, this is actually more of a friendly and formal meeting to a certain degree tonight, I believe. It's going to be a dinner. It's going to be relaxed. If it's... Now, who set up the dinner? Whose idea was the dinner? Actually, it was uh, the celebrity over here onto my, uh, to my right. <laughs> Do you realize you're on the radio? You have to say people's names. It's Fez. Fez. Yes. So, you wanted to come here and be with Fez. Right. And Fez said to you, Hey, I've got a guy that would be perfect for you. Right. Come up and pitch him your your movies. Right. What a great thing to put it for him to do. It's an outstanding thing. It's really wonderful. It could be life changing, depending on how the pitch goes. Yeah. 
this could be the biggest thing that ever happened. I agree. Is Fez going to get a producer uh, thing on this? I, I, I look at it this way. Whoever gives me my start, when I make my Oscar speech, it's the only name I'm going to mention. So whoever is the guy, I will say, I, I'm not going to make a list of 90 people to thank. I'm thanking one person. You think you might be getting a little ahead of yourself, though? I mean, <laughs> you haven't shot anything, and you're already telling other people they're not going to be in your Oscar speech. Hey, that's... that's. I mean, you realize right now, you're at the age for a Lifetime Achievement Award, <laughs> exactly. and you haven't made anything. Well, we do realize that I spent, thir you know, the years with Gail were a little bit distracting. Mm. And so that was part of the problem. I'm sorry. And I, I spent a lot of years with you I'll guys. I'll tell you this. <laughs> the energy changes so much. Look at Fez. His color in his face. He's going out to dinner. He's laying in bed late in the morning watching Jaws 2. His life He's has changed. talking about how great Under the Dome was, which, by the way, 13.8 million people Jesus. agree with Fez. And I believe this Under the Dome... It's only going to be 13 episodes, so we're not going to run into the lost problem. I guess, did Stephen King already wrote the book? Yes, yeah, exactly. So it has beginning, bestseller. middle, and end. Right. We know it's going to end. D don't fucking ruin it for the rest of us. Fez loves this movie so much, he blows off everything else. Sleeps late, yeah. fuck Prop 8 and all that. You know, you would have thought he'd been opening the show. And dun, 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 dun. Mm -hmm. That's out the window. It's dome time. And it's all about um, Polo's big movie tonight. Now, uh, Kevin, you're on the run of Fest show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. I, I don't mean to beat up on Polo, but I have a better chance of winning a fucking Oscar than this guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, what? that is just beating him up with the obvious. Uh, you're not shocking what, anybody. What's your credit, sir? Excuse me. I mean, have you uh, produced anything as of yet? At least I have Gap under my uh, under my belt at this point. And where was that released? <laughs> no, sir, but it's on yeah, the IMDb. It was like straight to VHS. <laughs> Jesus, it was straight to the bargain bin. If I no, could open actually, the red car, the red carpet, actually, there was a bargain bin at the actually, bottom. Actually, I, I did actually hold it off from release, so it's actually still has not been released. I refuse to release it yet. It's like Kubrick. I just refuse to release it. And the public is going crazy demanding <laughs> demanding this film. Well, I mean, to a certain degree, it got downloaded a lot before I ever released it, so I just figured I'd wait. I want you to do this. You're going to shoot the uh, By the way, where are you guys going to the re what restaurant? I, have, I don't I, he's he's in charge. We haven't picked anything out yet. Who's bankrolling this night out? Ask him. Uh, my brother is treating. It's a family affair, man. Very strange. Very strange. So, is your brother part of the pitch? Is your brother a partner in this project? Uh, not as yet. Maybe I think that depends on how the pitch goes, on if he's willing to invest. I'm. I'm. Right stunned. now, he's just investing a dinner. And not only that, but I bumped his brother from the Fez Hotel. In other words, he would have had to, you know, I, he, he's got to get a hotel now. I'm staying at the When is your brother arriving? He got here this morning, and then he's leaving tomorrow morning. Why can't he stay with you guys? He's just fucking three in the bed like, yeah, like the Stooges. It's good with me. <laughs> I'm sure it is. You're not against the menage. Um, I think this thing gets called Fez's Big Night Out, and it starts filming tonight. Do it. I got a camera. I'm ready to go.
Is it the camera you, sh- you shoot your Kickstarter pictures with? <laughs> no, it's not, actually. It's a different one. It's a more professional one. Um, I just heard from somebody who actually is a filmmaker. With uh, um, I'll just say this. Shoots everything for a major band who said this should be a mockumentary. It would be glorious. And Polo shouldn't make it. A mo- what's a mockumentary? Tonight's dinner? Oh no! At my dinner it, with Andre. It, it's just a. Uh, this is a, just a project that you're out of. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm just writing this for you. To let you know that's who that person. Wow. Shoots everything for. That's gigantic. Yeah. Doesn't get much bigger. Well, let you say. Hello? You see nothing. <laughs> and you There's never so will. much we could do. We've got 60 different projects. <laughs> Shoot them all concurrently. The, one of my projects is called The Entire History of Time. <laughs> and we shoot everything that's ever happened. Multiple cameras. And let the story unfold. You have no... <laughs> that's actually on the list. <laughs> yes, because every fucking idea is on your list. Every unthought of idea. Including you just ripped off two Harrison Ford movies <laughs> and put them together well, with I'm, Jim Carrey. I was going to throw in next to Kid just to make it a- only because Jim Carrey's <laughs> fucking name was in the uh, news this week. No, it's really because he's been robbed of his Oscar. That's all. He has some projects for Aaron Hernandez too, which he didn't win the Oscar for. <laughs> he, he, well, I, Man on the Moon would be my pick of, of what he did. And you would have given him the Oscar for that. Why not? I mean, I, I think, you know, a lot of people get Oscars for their careers in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. they're just general, you know, personality or whatever it is you want to say. And, and I think to acknowledge his talent is something that should have been done. And I think he's kind of burned out at this point. Well, he's still a young enough man, though. I mean, they're going to wait a few years mm-hmm. before they get around to what I call the Paul Lowe Lifetime Achievement. <laughs> um... His unreleased film, Gap, which we currently have no clips of, since he refuses to release, would be shown on the screen right now. And that's it. Other than the <laughs> wow. 60 unfinished, unpitched projects, Paulo, you, uh, you have a partner, yeah. and you're both going to go out to L.A. to pitch your products. Right. At the last moment... Your partner says to you, I have no money. <laughs> you have to buy fuck? my way out there yeah. and pay for the hotel room. Right. How is this a partner? We've been on, we've been like almost nightly phone buddies for five years. And we've been working on things. And then for the last six months, we've been knocking out three or four scripts for these particular producers. A night? <laughs> not in <not> and, <laughs> and we have uh, obviously I'm I actually am getting more and more creative and I'm getting I think stronger it's starting physically. to happen for you yeah it's all I mean, coming together physically and mentally I'm getting stronger and stronger it's like lawnmower man it is. basically you're <laughs> exactly. a lawnmower man right now exactly. I am I by am. the way lawnmower man I believe was killed in the first night <laughs> of under the dome that's and Fez loves it and loves the cow being cut now. Well, he w- I like the effects. 
he was shocked that there was that much gore in a scene. And I tell him, you got CSI, you got Criminal Minds, you got NCIS. You gore got is what network TV is right now. Yeah. It's all gore. And that they if kept you using watch, it. If you watch the... Uh, What's that? The murdering uh, the Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Following. I mean that's just corpses. Yeah. They're cutting people's heads off. Cut in half. Yeah. Just night. Oh, Hannibal! Insane. I still I watched the first episode of Hannibal, but I'm going to make it a point to catch up this summer. Oh God, for us. <sighs> Eddie Izzard's uh, episode was just insane. Don't ruin it for me. Well, it was the. You know I haven't seen it yet. I was just going to tell you this one thing. <laughs> You're spoiling things. <laughs> okay. I've got another idea. I call it the War of Stars. <laughs> uh, another idea called the strong man from another planet who comes here as a baby and pretends he's a reporter. <laughs> That's a hell of an idea. Let me see. Um, this, if you get anything released, it will be the first time... Variety uses in the headline of a review no. sucks dick. <laughs> <laughs> that that's how historical that will be. That's just a, a sign of the age, sir. They can do that today. Now, are you waiting to the last moment to get dinner reservations I, again, in New York? I am here. 48 hours with Fez. But it's, if you guys weren't laying in bed watching <laughs> fucking uh, Jaws 2 weird. and ignoring a little the bit of Prop glitter, 8 stuff, <laughs> which I thought was going to open the show and there'd be celebration and talk and, you know, yeah, yes, guys. we can. Um, that all got ignored. Here is uh, here's Jason. You're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, Fest, Pat. Hey, Paul, why don't, they, why don't you start off small? Maybe make a Vine movie or something big, like an Instagram movie. Uh, I, I'm not a big... I'm, I'm definitely a fan of feature length. I, I'm not a big fan of the six-second clip. Why not? You can make so much more of them. And you can shoot on your phone like you did with Gap. I understand to a certain extent. Some people are stringing together a bunch of six-second clips and making a movie out of it, but I'm not sure if that's the way to go. I think you're making a mistake, Polo. Instagram movie. I, I actually have a YouTube channel, but I never promoted it. Hmm. So it's just another one of your projects. Is it's a vanity project. Something, yeah. I just keep. I like to keep everything to myself. Do you shower this morning? I showered during the evening. I didn't feel like showering this morning. <laughs> okay. Who's <laughs> watching shows too? Neither one of them got the jizz off them before they came in there. That's why it's fucking it rank was, as it is. It was very what time of our guests, actual filmmakers, stepping in today? Noon. Noon today. Noon. Uh, I don't have anything in front of me here. I got it over here? All right, great. All right, so it's going to be Matthew Good. Uh, Matthew Cook. And Matthew Cook and Adrian Grenier. Uh, you know him from... Uh, Entourage, they made a film called How to Make Money Selling Drugs. And uh, 50 Cent is in this. Uh, Eminem is also in this uh, film. Don't have all this stuff in it, but the uh, in front of me of all the different people from the IMDb. But basically, it's about illegal drugs in this country and how money is... Uh, Kind of the real reason that it's illegal and blah blah blah, and should we uh, legalize it? All drugs. Now, before we bring them in, 
Hicks, would you legalize all drugs? Yes. Is it because of your own motives? Your own personal motives? I don't want people riding away in jail for that, a little bit of herb. Well, we're not talking just about herb, though. Yeah, 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 coke, We're heroin. talking about coke, heroin, angel dust, PCP, meth, yeah, all oxys. Of all of it. What about you, Shelby? Sure, let it happen. That's another one. Yes. Now, you do it without. You're not a drug guy, right? No, not really. Not really. Yeah. Seems like somewhat of a yes. Yeah, you you yes. want to get high, don't you? I don't consider pot a drug. Really, so. uh, and that's the only thing that you do. Yeah. But you would much. let anybody who wanted to do drugs do drugs. Sure. Uh, how about you, Polo? This is the land of the free. We should be free in this country. And on top of that, there are laws that for crimes that are committed. That ha if, if drugs are responsible, let the crime speak for itself. Don't make drug the crime. So you're saying if someone steals money to get drugs, that's a crime. If they sit in their house doing drugs, not a crime. That's right, your, exactly. That is your in point. In other words, if you take ecstasy or something and do something crazy... You're still busted. You can't use that as an excuse. Right. You can't say, Your Honor, I was so fucking high on ecstasy, <laughs> I raped a baby. <laughs> you can't blame me. Blame ecstasy. You're saying, No, fuck you. You're the one who took the ecstasy. You're responsible. The second you start to rape a baby... It's a crime. Treat you like a sober person who raped a baby. Well, there doesn't seem to be a lot of debate in this room. Uh, the yeses are just uh, gigantic. Fez, what about you? Uh, pot, I have no problem with. You know what? It's more the illegal drugs that I don't have a problem with. But I don't think like things like oxys should be so legal that everyone can get them, like an over-the-counter oxy. Well, not only would you have over-the-counter oxys, you'd have over-the-counter heroin, you would have over-the-counter meth. I guarantee you this. If you legalize it, oxys will not be your problem. You will have more drugs that make oxys look like fucking baby Tylenol. That will not be the problem. The reason why you can only focus on oxys is because you've heard of it and you've seen it in your family. Yeah. So you're saying that one, no. That's as far as your experience can take you. That's, uh, you. To me, if this thing worked out, you couldn't say all the drugs but these drugs because then you'd still have the same problems as you have today. You'd have to go across and say uh, no drugs at all. Uh, here's some of the people in this. Um, Susan Sarandon, Woody Harrelson, Eminem, 50 Cent, Russell Simmons, Free Way, Rick Ross, uh, Brian O'Day, Barry Neal Cooper. Some of the people in this movie uh, have been smugglers. And we'll tell you how quickly you can start making big money dealing illegal drugs. In no time at all, Polo, your, your problems in terms of money will be over. You live in Florida. You could easily get involved in this business. The fact that your movies haven't been made goes to show how little you care about it. I, I, you I, could be dealing big coke. Again, I feel that if you're dealing drugs and it's legal, that's fine. But you still have to take a personal responsibility yourself whether you feel it's a good thing to do. Here's Bob in Virginia. You're on the Run of Fest show. I like what you're saying, Paul. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Um, I, I do think baby raping should be legal. 
and uh, no matter if you're on drugs or not. I think some drugs should be legal. I'm, I'm more of a libertarian, and it's weird to say this, but um, I, I don't trust people on things like heroin, and I don't have any experience of it other than celebrities and things like that. Uh, just, here's what your problem is with that. Any yeah. drugs that we are going to keep illegal are going to put organized crime into that area. So what we're trying to do is taking the organized crime out of what people want. Okay? So the fact that Fez has Oxycontin in his family. Yeah. And the point of this would be, from a libertarian point of view, uh, and it's one I think that the country has to take to finally end this war on drugs, is Fez, your Oxycontin in your family is between your family and you to solve. Stop waiting on the rest of us to shoot people, to arrest people, to uh, make places for big crime syndicates, to make money, because you and your people cannot be responsible enough to take care of your decisions. So if you're going to do this, is my point, Bob, and I think you would see this as a libertarian, you would have to do it across the board. It isn't about making pot legal. It isn't about making coke legal. You just have to say there's no such thing as these legalized things. Let's get them all under some federalized um, FDA type standards. And, you know, let, let's face it. The 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 mob was involved very much with alcohol. Now that you can go back to making alcohol, we don't have a big illegal alcohol thing. I mean, let's, uh, there's no such thing as speakeasies anymore. No. And yet, you could still set them up if you wanted to. It seems like mostly just dudes making some dudes making moonshine, like out in the country or whatever. And. And at, at most, that's a hobby. You know what I mean? It it doesn't get, you know, in the old days, you would make moonshine, and there would be this massive need for that fucking moonshine. By the way, some people actually were blinded by that fucking moonshine because there wasn't anybody to set up any kind of standards for it. That becomes the end of it. So you will not, if you say only some drugs... Or legal, you're not fixing our fucking problem at all. We're still going to then have people running in whatever the illegal drugs are, with machine guns, yeah. on boats, coming into cities, and you're going to have kids dealing whatever the illegal drug is, and then you're going to have kids in, in prison. Um, so you can't do it. You got to do it across the border or not. And how many people are in prison now just for drug offenses? It's crazy. There are more people in prison, I think, in this country than any other fucking civilized country in the world. I saw this out the other day. There are more black men in prison now than were enslaved before the Civil War. So in this land of the free... (laughs) That's a fucking horrible statistic. And look at the the money spent on this prison system that we have. Who's getting the the benefit of of those dollars? Some people are taking the graft and taking the skim off the top of that. Um, yeah, that that is also a very big part of why people vote against it, because the prison system has become industry in this country. Could you take another look at Lappy, yeah. uh, in between Lappy? It's a pain in my ass. Um, 
Here is Mike. Mike, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, just a quick question. I'm wondering, you know, you, you seem to be talking about the illegal drug dealers. What makes them so much worse than the pharmaceutical companies and, 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 and the situation that they've put our country in as far as the Oxycontin use and, and whatnot? I think it's a very great question that you're asking. Number one, pharma, big pharmaceutical companies do pay taxes and do things in a legal way. Uh, they're not carrying machine guns. Uh, they don't have eight-year-old kids working for them. Um, but whether you are doing a legal drug and becoming an addict or doing an illegal drug and becoming an addict, it's the same well, damn thing. Uh, hold on, Ron, real quick, though. But, but if they knew what they were doing when they, before they do it, like the tobacco companies knew that cigarettes hurt people, the, the pharmaceutical companies knew that these drugs hurt people, aren't they kind of, in a sense, just as evil as the, the, the guys that are hiring eight-year-olds with machine guns? I think it, it, it's up to you to say, uh, from whatever point of view, is the addict responsible for themselves? Now, let's suppose this. Instead of fighting drugs, and we're putting billions and billions of dollars every year, what if we put that same stuff into education, rehabilitation, all that kind of shit? Yeah. That may be the thing. Now, uh, if somebody is addicted to Oxycontin, or addicted to heroin, their life is probably going to be the same kind of nightmare. But imagine now you would be able to say, I have a very inexpensive place to go to help get me off this drug. And well, do, are they, do you think maybe that if, if we did legalize drugs, that we should put some kind of like responsibility on the companies that produce those drugs? I think that's very, very, like to say X amount of your money has to go in the rehabilitation places. That's right. certainly something that I'm sure the drug companies would be willing to do because there's big profits to be made and we could take the crime out of it. But is there going to be horrors for people who become addicted to drugs? Yeah, like there are horrors for them now. There's no doubt about it. But can you stop somebody from becoming right. an addict if that's what they want to do. We haven't done that with the billions and billions of dollars that we've spent over the year incarcerating people. Here's how fucking strange it is. You can get drugs in prison. So <laughs> you would think to yourself, you the one thing that you couldn't do, you know, one thing that we could like, even in prison, you, uh, you can't keep... Um, uh, drugs out. You just, we haven't won this war on drugs. If anything, it's become a fucking mess. And quite frankly, it's helped to militarize the police forces around the country. I know, but there is a big difference between the people who take prescription drugs and because I've seen so many lives destroyed by prescription drugs because exactly the reason they don't think in terms of this is a criminal act. They don't think I'm doing something wrong. They think they're going to a doctor and a pharmacist. They're doing something right. You could say, but the number one drug out there is alcohol. Mm -hmm. The number one ruiner of families and marriages and all the things that you say that you hold precious is alcohol. Yet alcohol is legal. 
So we're already living this double standard. Anyone who's drinking a beer and doesn't think they're taking a drug is fucking lying to themselves. A beer and a prescription drug together? Yeah. Of course. And uh, I brought this up the other day. When Dave gave that kid sugar, <laughs> he gave his kid M&M's, that kid's personality changed so quick. Yeah, it was like a, she got my shot. Yeah. It was just an M&M. And um, that's why mothers pay a lot of attention. You know what I mean? Like a mother is not just going to give a kid a pack of M&M's. <laughs> you know? They like realized. They, they, yeah, they realized there's going to be a sugar rush and a crash. But that, but we kind of want that as human beings. Your thing is to uh, to say with the prescription drugs you don't give the responsibility to the to the user. You're saying they're too stupid to know what they're I doing. have friends uh, that I talk to every night practically who take 20 drugs and their lives are ruined and they went through a whole process to get to that stage now. I mean where they're never going to be uh, able to control this anymore. <sighs> I would agree with you. I would agree with that 100%. And you were saying it's up to us mm -hmm. to control whether that person takes drugs. Right. I don't take drugs. I mean, I will sit and have a, a joint with somebody if they offer it or, or whatever. I, I've done the, the, what are they, that thing that they get off the lawn the, that looks like uh, belladonna, belladonna. I've done that. If somebody offers me something, I'll do anything. But I dog don't shit. White do dog shit. <laughs> Uncut. Um... Here is uh, Bob. Bob, you're on the Ron Fed Show. Yeah, let alone the monetary cost of incarceration and the permanent damage to families, there's hundreds of thousands of people that will never be able to vote again in most states because they have a felony. Uh, on the drug stuff? Yeah, on the drug stuff only. Uh, and we have not dented uh, drugs coming into this country at all. And we've spent billions and billions of it's dollars prohibition it's prohibition basically because when you it's it's illegal it goes crazy uh well we've got a couple folks stopping in in just a couple moments who've done a movie that's really the exact opposite of a paul o movie i mean this has been it's real. fascinating uh adrian uh, grenier and matthew cook They've made a, money, a movie called How to Make Money Selling Drugs. Uh, if you look at it, we have set up in the inner cities where if you are young uh, and you don't go into the drug business, it would be shocking because it's the only way to make money in the inner cities. Yeah. It's the only place that hires. <laughs> and it's always hiring. And if you're fucking down, you're luck. Like, all right, I'll pick up something and then I'll move it. And right. I'll make, I'm out of work. I need the cash. And, I'll plenty of, you know, and there's great bad. ways to move up very quickly in the drug industry. So we've set this up in so many ways, begging people almost to get involved on the other side of the law. I will agree with everything that Paulo says. It's fucking horrible to see people on legal drugs, just like it's horrible to see people on illegal drugs. The fact is, what if we have more money for education on the for the drug addicts? Because it's your only way of quitting 
is to do some kind of program to educate yourself, to take responsibility, and to get off. It's the only way I've ever there's, seen anybody There's quit. been too many rotten politicians over the years who's, who had bad motives, who did not care about the American people. And that's what really is needed more than anything else. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Lewis. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, yeah, for me, the legalizing drug thing, I mean, it looks good on paper. I mean, you know, for like a utopian society, but I feel that um, if we do legalize it, we're going to create more addicts. Because, I mean, look at how many idiots now are on uh, prescription drugs, you know, just because it's legal. Look at how many people are drinking those freaking Red Bulls just because they're legal. People are really dumb. Look how many people drink Budweiser. Yeah. Look how many people drink Budweiser every single day. That is a drug. It's legal. Does it still cause problems even though it's legal? Yeah, it causes a lot of problems. Um, if if drugs, all drugs became legalized, everyone on OxyContin will just switch to heroin, and OxyContin will become a drug for people who are sick. It will become a drug. I mean, it, it really won't matter, though. The thing is, the drug will be just a drug. If you want a certain high, you will be able to get that drug. We are saying you don't have to go out on the street for it. You yeah. can go into a pharmacy and say, here's the high I'm looking for. And with that, and, and what you are, what you are saying, Lewis, is that we need to protect people against themselves. Right, exactly. And I don't know if that, A, if that's freedom, and B, if it works at all. Um... You know, and part of the thing, too, is, is that it's the same thing with gun control. Gun advocates say it's personal responsibility. You have to take personal responsibility over, over your own actions. Uh, this is, uh, thank you for calling, Lewis. Um, Flipper wrote in and said, Lou Maggio will help you get your movie produced. He's Fantastic. a movie producer now. I'm, I'm Were you familiar with that? I, I actually did talk to Flipper a, a couple of weeks ago, and he mentioned that, yeah. What's, uh, what has Lou uh, done? Uh, he's with Maven Films, and he's got a lot of things on it, uh, major films on his credits. Give me one. Uh, I, I looked over the res. They're they're like two, three million dollar projects mostly uh, with name people. Uh, I think Sharon Stone was in one of them. I thought you said name people. <laughs> well, there are a lot of people that I'm talking about. Um, let's go over to uh, Al in Merlin. Al, go ahead, buddy. Hey, buddy. Scott. Good afternoon. The, uh, they talk about the illegal stuff. I mean, cigarettes cost this healthcare system more than anything. It's one of the most dangerous drugs next to alcohol. Why is it, you know, what's making drugs that make things worse illegally or healthcare wise? And it is a very, very addictive drug. Uh, we've taxed it so much. I mean, the one drug that has come down in our lifetime in terms of people using has been cigarettes. Yeah. And it hasn't been done by making them illegal. It's been done by taxing them heavily and the education now making it socially. Uh, you're making you a pariah if you do smoke. And Philip Morris is paying for that education. Right. They, you know, through all the lawsuits or whatever from, you know, people dying. and whatever. They're buying the ads. Yeah. They're buying the ads on TV. Uh, How to Make Money Selling Drugs comes out in theaters this Friday, June 28th. Um, here is TJ. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. What's going on, Hey, Pat. Man? What can I do for you? All right, man. I'm a uh, police officer in North Carolina. And actually what I do is uh, pharmaceutical stuff and prescription drugs. And 
there is a stigma out there that, you know, we catch these people, we put them, we put them in jail and all this stuff. And i got to tell you, maybe, maybe we're a little liberal where we're at uh, in my state, but these people get a sixth, seventh, eighth try before we finally got to say, you know what, you've got to go to jail for, you know, doctor shopping especially, which is a big one down here. Just to add to that, also, people forget that doctor shopping, and that's taking up doctors' times, money, stuff like that. It's not so much a victimless crime. You know what I mean? No, I never said it was a victimless crime. I never said any of this stuff was victimless. I'm saying we have not stopped the inflow of drugs into this country. We spend a lot of time keeping people from taking the drug that they want to take. You even saying that the police are caught up in shit like doctor shopping or uh, people selling their uh, meds to somebody else. All these little things that these people are now being treated as criminals when they don't have to do that if they want to get a drink of alcohol. You're not sitting around wondering how many bars people are going to. And, and in my opinion, you can't have enough education on drugs because each drug will have a different effect on different people. So that, absolutely true. And it, and it, it's absolutely really true. Is, I, I I have seen people who did crack once and became a crack addict that second. Yeah. Like as the first time they smoked crack, just kept smoking it. I've talked to other people who swear to me, swear to God, they say that they can socially smoke crack. Smoke it on a Friday and never show up again. I've had people tell me that they can shoot bags socially. I still don't know if I believe them, but people yeah. swear to it. Uh, I I, wanna, that's beyond me. No. I uh, do want to add this, Ronnie. The, uh, all the people that uh, we've arrested here, this is a, a, a very interesting statistic. Out of the hundreds of people that my partner and I have arrested, one person. One person said they took the pill, the oxy, to get high, or the Vicodin to get high. Everyone else, you know, assume, you know, they're not lying, which, you know, we do deal with criminals, but it's overwhelming to the point where they took this medication to, and got addicted because they had an injury. You know, they didn't start taking it to get high, which is very different from any other drug. You, you, right. you would only, that's only because that's a pharmaceutical drug. If you could get heroin the same way, they would say the same thing. If you could get fucking alcohol, people would show up and say that their knee hurt. You know, you're right. basically right. asking a lot of people to lie. I've seen people <laughs> do stuff on pain maintenance who say right. over a long time, Oxycontin does not help you with pain. As a matter of fact, it's just the opposite. Those people feel start to feel pain more than other people. And that's what killed Gail. I mean, eventually, once she started getting into the pain meds, along with everything else, and adding that into the mix, it just... It's... What killed Gail was you, dude. No, no, <laughs> you put a pull over her head. <laughs> Seriously, the fact is that she had long-term drugs, and that was the problem. Oh. It's true of most people in this country. I have some people that I know that are elderly who I can't believe the drugs that they take on a daily basis. Um, TJ, you're in a small town in North Carolina or a big town? A big, big town. Big town. Bigger city, yeah. Now, um, as a police officer, you know we have not stopped the flow of drugs into this country. Oh, my goodness, man. No, not, not only that, man. It's so much worse, especially with the pharmaceutical drugs, man, because we're finding when we go to, like, burglaries and stuff like that, like that now, 
they're not going for electronics anymore, man. They're going straight to the medicine cabinet. That's why people are breaking in your houses now. It's sick. It really is sick. They break okay. into the, uh, the into a house and head straight to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, amazing. That, that's what, that's, it's so sad, man. It really is. Uh, all right, thank you very much. Right, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It seems to be a uh, a losing battle. Uh, Adrian uh, Grenier and Matthew Cook are going to be in here in just a few mem- minutes to talk about their movie, How to Make Money Selling Drugs. It comes out in select theaters Friday, June 28th. I do not know of legalization is the only way to go, but what we've been doing since the 70s or late 60s hasn't worked. We just get new criminals. Uh, You see what's happened in Mexico, um, that these uh, criminals are basically forming armies now. Uh, They have tanks. They're controlling countries. Helicopters. Um, it opens in New York City today. By the way, you can also see it uh, on demand. Uh, Adrian Grenier and Matthew Cook's uh, new film, How to Make Money Selling Drugs. It comes out uh, today in New York City. And you can also see it on demand now. So anywhere that you live in the country right now... Uh, you can watch this. It is uh, insane to me. Insane that we still have the same relationship with drugs so many years as the whole just say no I mean, my friend, program. when his mother died, she had a whole bottle of liquid morphine. He grabbed that. That's fucking really strong shit. I mean, that's the OD stuff right yeah, there. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, you can only just, fucking just do a drop of that. Seriously. I mean, that's really powerful He got that stuff. before the police got there. Well, don't they um, don't they sit and monitor it? The, oh, he could say she did it all? Yeah. See, I would have left the empty bottle behind. <laughs> just transfer, you know? But that's the stuff that they do to kind of ease you into the next yeah, life. Yeah. You don't want to be using that as a party drug. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you could party. You got to dilute, dude. You got to drop. <laughs> A little drop in some water. Okay. So in and hold it. You know what I mean? You don't want to throw it back up. No. Always. There's no place. All right. Adam Grenier, you know him from um, Entourage. Matthew Cook. They have a new film, How to Make Money Selling Drugs, uh, opens in New York City today, and it's on demand. Let's bring those guys in. to make money selling drugs. It opens in New York City today. Also, it is on demand. Adrian and Matthew, welcome, guys. Um, This film lays out for us, in a way that I've never seen in a drug documentary before, 
about how much money has changed hands in the United States of America and around the world uh, because of Ill- illegal drugs. That's right. Um, what what uh, got the, the concept going? What, what was the, the light bulb that went off for you guys? Well, having done a couple of documentary films prior to that one, Adrian and I had had this long-running joke conversation about the spanking documentary mm-hmm. about the movie that you go see that for 90 minutes basically spanks you you leave the theater you're crying and you just want to hide in your room in a dark corner and we wanted to make movies especially socially responsible ones about topics we think are really relevant and important for people to hear about in a way that's that's fun and interesting and like a movie movie mm-hmm. yeah, and there's a lot of levity a lot of uh you know wisdom in that levity uh and a lot of healing yeah, you know, it's 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 one thing to be so cynical and dark about, you know, the the tragedies of the world, the injustices, but you know, still got to live and still got to, you know, find the strength to to overcome those tragedies. And and we really are, are proud of this film because it's it's wide in scope, it's exciting, it's uh, it's very cinematic. You go go see it in the theaters, mm. um, and and yet. You know, it, it it upsets you, but it gives you enough of that strength to to go out and do something about it. Well, I don't think anyone who's ever done any drugs hasn't moved some, even of their own product, to their friends. It is a fact that if you do coke, you've probably sold coke. If you smoke pot, you've probably sold pot. Mainly because that's the people that you're hanging out with. It's so true. Uh, everybody has done it on some level. Some of us got busted before we were 18 and got a little bit of a scared straight thing at a fucking Aerosmith show where it should have been fine. Why would anybody be wearing a Flyers jersey if you're a fucking cop? But, uh, but the fact of the matter is, we, we sometimes act like the drugs are some problem out there. If you live in the United States of America, you have an alcoholic in your family, you have a drug addict in your family. We know drugs, whether they're doing legal drugs or illegal drugs. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, the, the vast majority of people who've done drugs recreationally yeah. grow up to become responsible citizens of society. Exactly. You know, and had they been caught, you know, if everybody who, who's tried drugs yeah. raised their hand, you know, we'd have, you know... The last three presidents of the United States. There you go. And half of the population half the of population. the United yeah. States of America in prison. You know, we, we'd be a, a country of prisoners and then prison guards. Right. <laughs> well, it actually helps if you're going to get popped at a young age to also be a white kid. Uh, I remember when I got in my trouble, my parents got me a lawyer, showed up in the court in front of the judge with, you know, and said, this kid is not, blah, blah, blah. There weren't, because it was in Philadelphia in an inner city place, there wasn't anybody else who had the same things going. No, unfortunately, we have a country that's 30% people of color, but in prison, it's 60% people of color. And that's not because people of color are using drugs or selling drugs at any rate higher than white people. We're all using and selling drugs the same way. And you you have to have money to fight, you know, you have to have money to fight the charges. Right. You know, you're not going to plea bargain if you have the money to fight it, you know. And at the same time, if you happen to, you know, go too far and, and start abusing drugs and become a drug addict, you have to have the money to find re- rehabilitation, go to rehab. Uh, otherwise, you're, you know, you're turning to violence to try mm-hmm. and feed your addiction, and then that's that's the real problem. Is, a robbery, is, or you know, when it when it turns to violence. Uh, and the and the weird thing is, the only thing we know that will keep people addicts from being addicted anymore is education 
and being around other addicts. It's the only thing that we've ever seen work. Here's the thing about about addiction and rehab. Uh, we don't know anything about addiction yet, not really, mm -hmm. not where we need to go, and we don't put public funds into rehabilitation. You have to have tens of thousands of dollars a month yeah. to get into a good rehab. Another and thing it's better to be rich for. It's better be to be rich and be an addict than to be poor and, and be an addict. The 12-step program, uh, AA and so forth, of which I have some of my best friends in the world have been saved, literally mm -hmm. had their lives saved heroin junkies shooting up on the street type thing go into narcotics anonymous or 12-step program and they get saved but the statistics for 12-step programs are terrible they have a 90 percent failure rate and that's what the courts send people to go do is mm -hmm. aa and we need a better solution and as long as we're spending 25 billion dollars a year to throw people in jail to hold the hammer of justice over the weakest members of society's heads and not put that money toward addiction research, toward real rehabs, toward investment in our communities, we're lost. Yeah, it's a band-aid. Yeah. It's a band-aid that, that suff is suffocating communities. You know, it, We don't want to put in the investment into finding real solutions. We just want to lock it away and forget that it exists. I mean, we do the same thing with mental health in this country. Mm -hmm. you, know, there, you know, There are so many uh, people who are in jail with, on minor non-violent drug offen offenses as well as people with mental health. And, and I would argue that addiction is you know, a, a, a medical problem. It does seem that way, and it also seems the way a lot of people try to self-medicate. Most alcoholics, I'm nervous before I go to a wedding, I'm going to have a couple of pops, and they fall into it. Uh, at some point, though, if we legalize this, short term, it's going to get scary for people, and then I think long term, it'll work out. But short term, it's almost like you're going to turn around and see heroin addicts where you wouldn't have seen them before. I mean, the thing is, is that's this is the conversation that's exciting to have. Right. Right. How do we change? How do we get rid of the drug war? Because that creates a whole bunch of problems that don't have anything to do with this conversation. Absolutely. And so what do we do? So my personal opinion, although we advocate essentially just having the conversation in the film, but my personal opinion is let's not put heroin into the hands of Coca-Cola Corporation or Nestle. Right. Let's just put it at, let's have it sold at cost at pharmacies for addicts. And just let's take away the sexiness factor. Let's take away the, the financial factor where if you buy it for 10 cents, what violent drug dealer is going to go out and, and risk getting shot for to sell 10 cents worth of heroin. Nobody. <laughs> you know, the, the odd thing is that you can make the case for this. Because they never tell you how it feels great to do heroin, but it does. And it also feels great to do coke. But can it ruin your life? Yeah. But married people can look at it like, can getting a blowjob on the outside ruin your marriage? It feels great, but can it ruin your marriage? So at some point, you have to sit down as adults to say, here's the risk, here's what's on the table, do I want to do it, or am I making this choice? May I borrow that analogy? Yeah, you, the, you can have it next forever. two weeks. Because yeah. <laughs> that is so good. Do we need to have a SWAT team right. come in and beat the shit yeah. out of some husband who got an outside blow job right and then <laughs> don't ask his, his wife kids. that question yeah. right 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 well that's the thing i mean what what creates i mean that's that's probably the oldest reason in the world to create violence in society is infidelity in marriage mm -hmm. it's a very dangerous proposition maybe the police should be involved <laughs> and the thing is we know even even people who know no i want to do this are still going to get the blow job but 
who, why should the rest of us be concerned? That should be between those people. I, I mean, don't want to see 50% of our jails filled with guys who just got a blowjob. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's some of us that are monogamous by nature, and we right. just, you know, stay the course, and then some of us that are monogamish. <laughs> you know, and, and I, you know, I don't want to go to jail for that. Um, if you look, at, and we won't even get around to admitting the fact that since, you know, just say no to drugs, going back Nixon, I guess, we haven't beat drugs. Before you guys got here, he was I was a just, real doozy, wasn't he? Yeah. But <laughs> before we got here, we got a, a cop I was talking to who admitted, no, it's it's the same every day for these cops going out there, acting like they're playing this game. They're they're burning out themselves. They're not going to win this war. I'm so drugs. glad. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's such a. a it's an area that doesn't get enough attention. The the police and the law enforcement, the devastation that we have brought to them right. through this war on drugs. We give them government grants and incentives to go ratchet up statistics on how many drug crimes they can, quote unquote, solve or how many drug arrests they can make. And of course, they're having no effect at all. And they know that. Plus, they're being tempted. They seize some money. Right, they get exactly. to keep that money. They get to seize a car, keep the car. I mean, we're really compromising these guys' integrity. Meanwhile, murders are taking place. Robberies are taking place. Communities are falling apart. It's not a good place to uh, be. A lot of communities are already in trouble because of legal drugs as it is. Uh, alcohol, Oxycontin. Oxycontin is a gigantic problem in this uh, country. Heroin. That's uh, modern heroin. Yeah. And a big part of it is the people aren't willing or don't know how to get rehabilitation on this. Exactly. So, so again, you know, where do we turn? We mm. have to turn to the government to provide monies, to provide budgets so that there's research and there are, there is this social safety net that there is some place to turn because as it is now there there isn't any place so it's it's beyond it's not tough love it's not tough on crime it's just tough uh you bring up portugal in the documentary what exactly is happening in portugal for over a decade portugal has tried this radical experiment where they've decriminalized drugs if you possess a small amount of drugs it's cool mm -hmm. if you even sell a small amount of drugs i think it's cool but portugal has a great great um gift that they've given themselves as as a society where the black market the violence in the black market has just dropped through the floor the people getting uh treatment and access to treatment has skyrocketed and it's completely changed the way that that they view mm. um how to address this problem which is not with again a swat team approach but instead a medical approach a psychological approach and so a lot of people are holding up this model and saying look yeah. at portugal look at what they're doing let's try this in our country yeah 50 percent of drug use reduction and then even more violent drug-related crimes reduction these are the two Reduction. areas that we've been mm. talking about for years that we want to change and that we've been completely incapable of doing in the United States. Yeah, and there's, look, there's, there's no perfect system. Right. We just have to be unafraid or brave enough to make a different mistake because this is a, an absolute mistake, a 40-year mistake, and we're escalating it. So let's, let's try something new. That I agree with 100% is like you, we at least have to get down to the fact that what we've done hasn't worked at all. Uh, even with what you're talking about with 12-step programs, that works better than putting people in jail. Absolutely. You are going to have 
drug. Uh, and, and by the way, even on the failure rate, a lot of people come back after they fail. And I can tell you now, as an alcoholic and an addict, I go into a restaurant, there's alcohol available, and I have to say, I'm not having a drink because I know what it's going to do to me eventually. I don't go, I don't want you guys to have a drink, or the people next to me don't have a drink, because they may have a totally different experience with it, or they might have to eventually get around to feeling the way I do. But there's very little you could do, and we learn that in this country, to stop people from drinking. And also, everybody is different. Every human being is different. There are, speaking of drugs, there are pain, all kinds of painkillers out there for different right. types of pain. Any given painkiller only has a, a fraction of a percentage of really addressing your pain. So, you know, what's Alcoholics Anonymous? That is an, another type of painkiller in a way. It's a good medicine. Mm -hmm. It's something that we need in our culture for certain addicts that it's going to work for. Right. And for those people who can work it and it works for them, ah, that's a blessing. But for those that doesn't, we need more. We need halfway houses. We need homes where people can stay in, you know, where it's when they, when they fall into homelessness and then, oh, this is not good for a community. We sure. have homeless people on the street suffering from mental health problems and drug addiction. And then we expect them to somehow just right themselves. That's not a, a, a humane mentality. It's not a Christian mentality. It's not even a logical one. Uh, there's a lot of money changing hands, though, that comes up in this film that you end up seeing. There's illegal money changing hands. There's legal money changing hands because suddenly now guns are caught up into it because we're sending tanks into the borders and into uh, into the suburbs. There's SWAT teams where there didn't used to be SWAT teams. I mean, that's amazing. That's the thing that changed over my life that I, I never thought I would see suburban police departments become military operations. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's some some really smart, well-researched libertarians out there who can tell us about the posse comitus law or whatever. And the, you know, we're not supposed to have a standing army mm -hmm. in the country, and we have that now. We have totally militarized the U.S. police force with these SWAT teams. I mean, imagine you've got a little marijuana in your house, and a SWAT team breaks down the front door, shoots your dogs traumatizes your children all in the name of protecting the community yeah well on the other hand though it is amazing uh in california and colorado how much stronger pot has gotten so we are going to say if 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 we start to legalize other drugs there's going to be meth like people have never thought of before it'll be phenomenally clean the reality of that is that the 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 really strong, powerful drugs are there at Rite Aid. Mm -hmm. And that's where people are getting those. And these illegal drugs, these are just the outdated, this is right. the old stuff from 100 years ago. Cocaine, heroin, this is, <laughs> that's like the archaic, that's your grandpa's right. you know, oxy. <laughs> well, you, but what's funny too is right away, and you show this in the film, that everybody uses Manitow right off the bat. You know, you're using baby laxative to cut it on the street. So you will be getting much better, cleaner drugs. Uh, for everybody, it's a it's a, it's a great movie and it it works great from beginning to end because you end up seeing how many places this is involved in our lives. It's not out there at all. As a matter of fact, it's involved very much in your wallet every day because your taxes, a very big part of your taxes, is involved in this. Um, 
it opens up. You like to see these films in theaters more than on demand, right? I'm a theater guy myself. No, you. This is a very cinematic movie. I mean, yeah. it's a big, big movie. So, it's it definitely plays well in the theater. Yeah, I feel the same way about it. Or you can download it on iTunes and just press your eyes really close to your. Just iPhone. get real close <laughs> and eat some popcorn. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, opens today in New York City, and also it's on demand right now. Thanks so much for coming in, guys. It's how to make money selling drugs. Thanks so much, fellas. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. I'll see you next time coming through. Here's one thing I do agree uh, with Adrian on, more than everything else. We need a new mistake. It'd be nice. We are making the same mistake for 40 years, and it ain't working for us. Just to have maybe just a change. It's funny. We go through this with Fez all the time, where we say, at least do something different to, you know to become unhappy about stop doing the same things over and over and over and being unhappy the same way every day well you know as soon as i get here i'd start to throw things in different directions for him every time you know the second i walk in the door i'm trying is to... it working well I, I you know i can't do much in two days i can only try why are you only here for two days i thought you were going to move in fix that air force though it's as hot as piss Well, I mean, clearly I have money problems, so I have to decide what where. What am I looking at here? How to, you know, how to finance my life. Um, all right, this, well, Fez has got a lot of money, and you move in with him. That'd be lovely. You'd be set. Boy, a little bit. And, I, 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 and you I guys would... love being together. You love watching Jaws 2 in the movie and, in and the I, morning. It's great. Exactly. Uh, all right, I got this email. It kind of ties in a little bit. Uh, but this comes from someone named Stinky. And he says his girlfriend and him had a debate on drugs and music. Uh, we were talking about artists dying young on drugs uh, and also writing great music in their drug-induced days. She said it would have been great to see people like uh, Hendrix and Morrison now with their bands like the Stones at an older age. Uh, she And he says he didn't agree. Um, he'd rather see them young and on drugs than older um, but would you give how much credit would you give to drugs for music if any I'll put that out there for everybody 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ and to put it specifically could Keith Richards have written some of those great songs if he wasn't on drugs with Mick Jagger could Hendrix have written some of that great 
music, if it wasn't for drugs. Creativity in general. But isn't that almost cheating a little way, uh, in a way, more or less the way they, you know, we don't give sports stars a lot of credit for being on performance-enhancing drugs? <laughs> Has anyone ever said that marijuana is a performing-enhancing drug <laughs> for musicians? Um, obviously, the Grateful Dead, the big tie-in with drugs, Janis Joplin, drugs and alcohol... Is it is it better? Does it take away? What's your opinion on? I think you have to give it, give drugs a little bit of credit because a, the musician has to have the skill there in the first place to put together a song to play an instrument. Skill works to play an instrument. It does not work for writing a song. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the fact of the matter is, a great guitar player who doesn't write. Is probably playing tonight at the Ramada Inn Lounge. And that is true. You can go into bars and see some of the greatest musicians ever. But unless they're in a band that produces music that people will remember and sing along with and be moved by, then they are not going to be famous musicians. It's it's uh, lucky. Um, here is Jay in Tampa. You're on the Running Fish Show. Friday day, million yeah. bucks, as always. Hey, listen, Exile on Main Street, uh, probably one of the greatest albums ever released by the greatest band Absolutely. in the world. It was, it's well documented how high they were at Keith's house when they recorded that. Keith, in particular, was incredibly high, <laughs> and most of the time they thought they had a nightmare album on their hand. It took them forever to record, uh, and it is... If not their peak, the very last of what would be cons considered their peak uh, time. Um, here's Rob. Rob, you're on the run of Fez show. What's up, buddy? It's 276 checking in. Oh, that's old school. Uh, the fact of the matter is every band is better on drugs. Look at Aerosmith as a prime example, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Paul McCartney. On drugs, they make great music. The second they clean up or come out of the closet... Or whatever it is, they fall apart. All right, but let's be honest about this. Aerosmith, if they didn't go off drugs, would be dead. So that's a separate they, argument. They they also cleaned up because they made some pretty poor music right before they cleaned up uh, and got professional. They were pretty shitty there at the beginning of the eighties. Eight six six, Ron Zero Fez eight six six. Ron, zero Fez. Here's Matt. Matt, what do you got for me, buddy? What's the rumpus, Ronnie? You, my friend. I, uh, you know, I think about this a lot, too. And I, I think bottom line is I do think it, it kind of takes away from, from the arts. But the one thing I always go kind of back to is that I'm a big uh, Westerberg fan. And he kind of comes out openly and says, you know, I was drunk. I was shit-faced. And, and it did make, you know, my songs bad. Even if I think they're a classic, the artists themselves sometimes look back and say, God, I was, you know, I was shit-faced, and look what I wrote. So you're, you're saying that he wishes he never drank, or...? No, I think he, he looks back and he says, you know, I, I wrote this song, Wasted, and people love it. And it, I think it makes his head spin a little bit. Like, you know, what is that... You know, what, what, what kind of artist does that make me, you know? It is an interesting proposition because most of the acts that are 
known for a certain amount of drugs. Uh, and it doesn't matter what kind of music you're talking about. The Beatles with acid, um, Morrison with drinking, yeah. uh, Ozzy with everything. But, Where were they were at their worst is the music that we tend to like the best. But look at Frank Zappa. Never did drugs. Never did drugs. But his band did drugs. <laughs> Just not in front of them. Um, but you are correct. They do not... Um, they do not have to do drugs. There are people that say the guys in Pink Floyd never trip, and yet it's we only music. think of that as asset music. Um, here is Dave in Chicago. You're on my face. Hey, guys. Um, Maynard James Keenan from Tool uh, credited Special K for the creation of Anima. He said that they uh, they just hold up in some house in France and just shot Special K until yeah, the album was done. Um, but but you can't album, give so it think, to the you know, full credit because you could not give Special K out to every band. I've done plenty of Special K. And never, you never you wrote can't any hum. Because, <laughs> yeah. It's fucking useless. You cannot even hum. <laughs> um, let's go over to uh, Big Red. You're on the Run Fest show. Hey, buddy. Hey, yeah. I think... Uh, Drugs, but also on some level, like pain has some, you know, a lot of those songs like Nirvana, uh, Kurt Cobain, and Janis Joplin, you can sense some kind of pain that they're trying to either overcome or get in touch with, with, with either their singing or their lyrics. Whether drugs helps them attack that pain or not, I don't know. Ultimately, drugs killed them, but. But, but what you're saying, they were actually the using the music to deal with their pain. Music and, and 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 obviously drugs and alcohol as well, but there, there's you know there's always some level of pain in in a, in a lot of that creative process they're trying to cope with or 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 beat maybe or just understand. I'm going to ask you just hand. off. Uh, I'm just going to ask you on the slide here. Would you make drugs illegal or legal? Uh, wow, legal to, to a point. I think that the end of the point means illegal you know what i mean like right now uh and i wish that we would have put this up as a poll the whole time that we had the guys and we just weren't really paying attention we've had a lot of shit on our heads today jaws too <laughs> the big dinner tonight but that's one of those questions that should have went up um here is jeff in chicago you're on the run of fish show yeah, how you doing Ron? yeah yeah, uh, look back to before rock music, jazz music. I Absolutely drug-infested. I don't think jazz music would exist today as it stands as a word for Charlie Parker and those guys being high all the time and be able to improvise like that. And those guys were getting high when most people hadn't even heard of it. Correct. You know, they were getting high when they weren't even worried about being caught because nobody knew what they were up to when they had their tea or their horse. <laughs> I think part of, right. the, part, of, part of the problem is I think letting the freedom in whatever's in you come out and some people are afraid. I heard Bono say that sometimes he just let God channel through him and stuff like that. I mean, it's not necessarily the drugs that's important. It's the ability to let yourself be free. To actually channel from wherever. Right. And that we've always used drugs. I mean, let's face it, alcohol we call spirits because and they're just like some people can't dance or won't dance or won't sing 
unless they're drinking. There's a lot of things that people won't do unless they're a little buzzed. I know from being meetings, there are people who, like, they had to relearn to fuck because they fucked. Only when they were fucked Only up. when they were drinking. There was Damn. never an occasion that they would, you know, that was all part of the same night. You with your Ted Cookies and Jaws too today. Yeah, I'm actually in a very good mood about a lot of things, you know, because if I can switch my life up and get some money coming in, my uh, my ex is actually starting to think about getting back together. Which ex? Eleanor. Eleanor G, I think you'll swell. Let me tell you this. First of all, right now you couldn't be higher. You're going to be turned down in L.A. <laughs> when you get back... Go straight to Eleanor and say, Fine. I'm ready to move in. Okay? But look how that one thing has made you a happy person. A, you have a dream. Mm -hmm. B, you got some pussy. But it's not even that. But it's also that because there was always that going on. And you will eat the ass, she said. You'll get in there and eat the ass. Yeah, I'm getting more and more into that. He's an ass man. I'll follow. Yeah, he loves to eat the ass. Um, Jim, you're on the Manifest Show. Hey, Ronnie, uh, if you take uh, Alice in Chains, for example, on this uh, on this question, most of the songs that were major hits were written about Lane Staley's uh, heroin addiction, like uh, Down in a Hole, which is a beautiful song, Angry Chair, all these big hits. But inevitably, his heroin addiction killed the band. I mean, look where they are now. Um, and that is because you cannot... Be a warrior forever. You know what I mean? You have to walk through all the different places in life. So just like anyone else who tries to keep living like they were 19 or 21, there's nothing more embarrassing if you don't keep graduating through your stages of life. Um, you look at Chris Stanley still holding on with a backwards hat. Yeah, it looks cool. And uh, yeah, you. What, what are you trying to say? I'm saying you're a joke to the interns. That's oh, why please. they don't. They're, jo they're jokes. They're jokes to me. I'm not saying in fake stories like classic Shelb. Uh, see, that shows me that you're not in a leadership position. A leader would want to take control mm. over that, not point down. Uh, I'm pointing down. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's why you're staying 19. Um, here's James. You're on the Run of Fez show. James. Whoops, one more time. Go ahead, James. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, I just read uh, Eric Clapton's book recently, and uh, he said that during the height of his heroin addiction and alcoholism, he was never really happy with his music. He kept changing bands, and even though the music was being released and and the audience loved it, he, he didn't like it at all. He kept... Yeah. It wasn't well, until he was sober that he found a sound that he was happy with. And he Can I ask was, you something? If you're sure. sitting in your house, would you rather listen to Cream, Blind Faith, or Tears in Heaven? And be honest. I mean, the shit that he might dislike the, the most is the stuff that we think is his uh, brilliant work. I mean, I think I it's great that he cleaned up and got better. But I don't listen to a lot of his post um, 1970s stuff. No attack on you, Eric. I'm, gl I'm glad. 
I'm glad you got your personal life straightened out. That's terrific for you. But I think creative people through the ages have had alcohol and drugs. I mean... For- and psychedelics. I, I think so, too. I mean, if you even go back to when people uh, fast, it's a way of kicking uh, stuff up. Um, there are all kinds of stuff r- written about the early people... I don't want to just say Bible, but that maybe they were doing peyote or shrooms. That there has always been that kind of stuff in spiritual work. People like to get fucked up and make some shit up. And and you come back down like this. Dudes, I saw a fucking burning bush. And that bush told me to tell you guys. And there was no one else there. I go, dude, you're so fucking high. <laughs> Do you know how high you are right now? Because your pupils. And and some of our best artists have died young, and they burned very brightly, and they, and they destroyed them, but so what? They probably would not have turned out as good stuff later. Well, you say so what because you don't care, but to them and their family they would care. <laughs> yeah, I understand. You know what I mean? That whole thing of it would have been better to, let's say... I don't know, say Bono, if he would have died at a certain age, but not to his family. I mean, let's face it, if Bono dies after the Joshua tree, Holy shit. you know, if he's in the 27 legend. Club, legend. he's a legend. Forever. Uh, why else is Brian Jones a legend? Because he died young. That's yeah, why. And they, I mean, they can still sell posters of James Dean, but not Marlon Brando. James Dean never came close to doing the work Marlon Brando did, but Brando got older and fatter. True, and I mean, yeah, when you think of the cycle that Morrison went through when he was alive, can you imagine if that continued for another 30, 40 years? Why would it? I it didn't with anyone else. That's the game we play. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, look at Eric Burden, career the same time as Morrison. Pretty much his stuff ended almost the same time. As Morris and his real creativity, you can say that about most of those guys. That a lot of their creativity doesn't go on after the age of thirty. That's right. where the whole is it better to burn out or but in, it in, is the rust. In his, in his case, uh, for example, it was a very chaotic cycle. He was constantly pushing himself from one end of this. But you can say that about everybody who w- was in a band. They do all their hardest work early on. Once they get successful, and I don't care who it is, if you look, go to a Bon Jovi show, and I don't think he's doing drugs, right? Yeah. But most of that music is going to be in like the first six years of that band, not the following 25 years. (laughs) Same is almost true of almost every band. And if the doors were around today, and Marsden didn't write all that music on his own, Mm -hmm. and those guys are still, Robbie Krieger's still out playing doors music. Mm There is something chaotic about that time. Right. You know, like most mathematicians do their good work when they're like 19 or younger. Well, I mean, to me, the hardest working man in show business is Elton John. He's been doing it for years and years, and yet you he... You ha- do that to fucking James Brown when <laughs> he has that one thing? Yes, You're going to take it from I him? Take it wow. from him. But I'm just saying, Racist. he had a period of cocaine, champagne, whatever, everything and everything, where he had this huge, enormous productivity... And yet he barely remembers what he did. But let's he's a perfect person. You go to see Elton John. His pre-1976 stuff. Mm-hmm. There's some brilliant work in there. 
how many really great songs were written after 1976? I understand. Can you feel the love tonight? Well, I'm, I, I, give a fuck I, about I like his entire catalog, but <laughs> I, I do understand do. that, that you that's know, the period. If you were coming up with where this is really right. great work. And he lived. The Disney stuff. And yeah, he, he lived. And he did not. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Can you feel? Stop it. <laughs> and he bitches at tonight. Billy Joel because he's an alcoholic, you know, and says, why aren't you writing songs for 20 years? What is he saying is, how come you're not out here touring with me? <laughs> for some reason, um, when we're on top, it fucking crushes. Lance, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie B., what's going on? Hey. Hey, I wanted to get an expert opinion because I do consider you the expert at this. Um, as, a, as a sports talk show host, I've got five interns this summer who are in now, and you're the best at advising interns. And I was kind of wondering what you think makes somebody good or bad to put on the air, and if somebody is so bad that it actually makes them good to have on the air. If you've ever had an intern that was that bad that you put for, you know, kind of like Tampa Bay old football uniforms are so bad that they almost were good. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, now it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with you, of you knowing how much time they should be on the air. So it's got to be your own thing to pull uh, the trigger. And there's some people, we have really creative interns this time. Hot Shot Squad. Yeah. And the three of them are running almost like neck and neck. Like normally you'll get a couple that you might, this one person has this one thing a, that they could do. A popcorn of the group. Yeah. Oh, God. I just thought of him. Uh, but with these people, I would probably hire in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I don't even how know who would be first hire. Do you, do you get to pick them, or does Pepper pick them, or how does that work? Uh, Pepper drinks too much <laughs> to be involved in any of this <laughs> oh, kind of stuff. But it really helps that they have a co-host that's not talking. So that gets them involved there. Hey, there's an opening. Let me go for it. Mm-hmm. Right, Roddy, you're the best. I appreciate Peace. it. I got to run, but thanks a lot, Roddy. Right. I'll be listening to you tonight in your Houston show. Who would you pick if you had to pick right now your number one intern? Molly. Really? Molly. She's number one right now. Over Shelbs? Shelbs close second. Boz third? Boz third. But it's it's cl It's close. They ain't even around the turn yet. I think right? Boz ready to go in and do sports at any... At any station. I think he would be a great addition to anybody's sports department. And not even producing. He's got the on-air voice. He's got the delivery. He can jump in it. So why are you putting him third? Because the other two are, are, are ahead of him right now. Well, let me say this. Ron Fez show. Is, is Molly ready just to, to go in and be on air? Regular. Paid. She needs a little work. Okay. I'm talking about everything on air and off the air. Well, what's Bob doing off the air that's so bad? I'd, I'd say his prep work isn't as strong off the air. On right. air, he comes in strong. Here's a, a really good point. Liz says, fire wrote to me. Yeah. Big J is on his way in. Please don't let Hicks yeah. keep him outside waiting again. Yeah, he won't Liz, thank you. You are, this is a, you know, it's not only the interns that are great, but there's Liz says, fire, Twitter producer, doing a great job. It's not even a real position. Um, Bill, you're on the Run of Fez show. Bill. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Million bucks, buddy. What about Guns N' Roses, man? The more and more they got into drugs, that music suffered. I will agree. I will, uh, but but also the first album was great, and they were into drugs there. So maybe success. Too much success. 
to give too, too much, much drugs. drugs also. <laughs> it's too much drugs. You only have a finite time to move on the drug thing, and then you got to bail out. I had to bail out. Yep. Fantastic prize for the summer grilling photo contest that is going on right now. DVD copy of True Man, True Romance. True Romance. Signed by James Gandolfini. Of course, his funeral is tomorrow in New York. Also, of course. Also signed by Harvey Weinstein. Tom They're having S his funeral in New York, not in Jersey? No, it's going to be in Manhattan. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Where at? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's somewhere more uptown. I live uptown. I should stay, stop by and pay my respects. So that is the prize. Send in your summer grilling photos uh, to the iBang. Taking them now through July 7th. Want to see what you're grilling for your summer holiday. And, of course, that amazing prize is on the line. Uh, James Gandolfini, Harvey Weinstein, Tom Sizemore, and Michael Rappaport all signed copies of True Romance. What do you got? That church is at 112th Street. Wow, that's a bizarre. That's way up down. Yeah, Episcopalian Church, St. John the Divine. Oh, the big one. St. It's a giant church, sir. That's why. It's like maybe the biggest church in New York. Is that the one that has the concert hall? It's the one by Columbia, yeah. And I saw Neil Young up there. Mm. See if Neil Young played up there. Then I've been there. Mm. Huge. I think that's you think of another place even farther uptown in the Heights because I saw Iggy Pop at the same place. How did he draw? Packed out. It was awesome. Like five thousand people. It was it was sold out. The show was sold out. But I'm saying there was like five thousand seats. I got to see how many seats there are, but I know the show was sold out. See how many seats? Forget how much it sold. How many seats were there? Because this place I saw, it was massive, and I couldn't believe. I'm like, how did I never fucking hear this thing? Before? This is great, because we're going to the Cloisters. That's on the way up to St. John. Is that what you guys are eating tonight? No, that's tomorrow. We're going to Cloisters tomorrow. What is your obsession with the Cloisters? I grew up there. That's my favorite movie is Coogan's Bluff, because it was filmed up there. <laughs> my favorite movie is called Opie Killed Chris Rock. And it was filmed yesterday. I know that's a working title. Well, they want to give that away in the title of the film. None of you guys love fucking all the oh, great. Huh? I love that movie. Russell Crowe. Yeah, Danny DeVito. Have you ever seen it? I've never seen LA Confidential. And how many times have you seen Batman? Oh, uh, hundreds and hundreds upon hundreds. We're watching it tonight in the bed. Where's your brother today? Um, he has a meeting at Morgan Stanley. Here? No, oh, a different Morgan Stanley building. You look so sad about that. Yeah, I thought it would have been cool if we were like, like if we just happened to see each other in the lobby of this building and rode up in the elevator together. Very weird. That place holds 3,300. Wow. So that's the place. Yeah, United Palace Theater. I think that's the place. Do you know where it is? St. John, yeah, sure. For, it's <laughs> fucking hear what he's saying. It's in the Heights. The other, well, I live in, I lived in the Heights. I, I know where like Malcolm X was shot. That, that. forget what's <laughs> going on. A venue. Oh, you, you mean Yankee Stadium? <laughs> no, no, place where concerts happen. Yes, Babe Ruth. He's playing a concert. What's this up? place again? Just fucking listen to him, Polo. I would think it's St. John Divine. United Palace Theater, 175th Street. Oh yeah, I know that. Fuck! Oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, it's the Bronx Zoo, oh, where they have monkeys. You know, I know the place where Reverend Ike used to be. That's a that's great. That's the place. That's it's a great place. Well, why are you saying that's the Malcolm X place? 
That's not Malcolm S. X place. <laughs> I thought Malcolm X got killed on the west, on the east side. I thought it was there. Oh, Jesus. Everything you're telling us is fucking crazy. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Jason, Rochester, you're on the run first show. Hey, guys, what's going on? Hey. Um, I think that drugs do help an artist, depending on who the artist is, because it helps certain artists drop their ego. But it can also be a very like big detriment to their life. You'll have a coworker that went and saw the doors, and he said that they were absolutely terrible because Jim Morrison was so drunk he couldn't hardly perform. And I know Allison Chains was so hit or miss when he went and saw him live because Wayne's voice would really suffer when he was really doped up. Well, we're talking something different. Not talking about entertaining. We're talking about writing, creating, calling on the muse. Malcolm X got shot at 165th Street and Broadway. It's very close. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry to hear if you're lost, Mr. and Mrs. X. Now, will there be a reception? It was a big building. It was in the South Wing. I brought you some chili in a crock pot. Just plug it in and it's there. Whenever you want. I mean, don't think about it. Yeah. But you got to eat during uh, this time. It was the help. small room. Yeah, have a little bit of the chili. And you know what? I'm going to leave a loaf of Italian bread and just dip it in. And it's a meal at that point. You got butter? You got butter? Thinks of everything. When Paulo stops by, he always says to you, You got butter? I do like a lot of butter. That could be or the name biscuit. of your new fucking movie. You got butter. I prefer a roll, though. Should, should roll out some <laughs> Um English muffin is my favorite. Of all the breads? Yes. Or the bagel? With a lot of butter. A lot of butter. Did uh, Fez have some for you today? He had some cookies. Fez, that's it? You don't have some English muffins to make a nice breakfast? He didn't get English muffins, but he got a breakfast. I did get a breakfast. He's what kind of breakfast? He got a breakfast sandwich on a roll. Bacon, egg, and cheese. Put it on an English muffin for him. That's what he likes. I'd like the English muffin on the side with a lot of butter. With a lot of butter. Toasted and butter. <laughs> you got butter? Yeah. I wonder how many times I say that before it really annoys you so much that you want to choke me. <laughs> I think I can do it. Butterfly. I think I can say it enough until it finally annoys. Is there ever too much butter? Is this going to be the name of your new biography? <laughs> Is there ever too much named butter? Especially now, the grill. Chapter one. I'm sure you've heard. I love butter. <laughs> chapter two. More uses for butter. Could you give me a little more? And chapter three. Happy Butter Day <laughs> to you. Why so stingy with the butter? <laughs> oh, good. I found another little piece of butter. This is tasty. Could you bring me another little bowl with the little butter part? Oh, by the way, margarine, <laughs> fuck you. I want butter. That's good stuff. I know you were sick. I hope you're feeling butter. I brought you some. Get butter soon, please. Are you making grilled cheese with margarine? I don't understand. What's wrong with the butter? There's not enough fun in this. <laughs> Excuse me, waiter? Yes? Can I get a little more butter? Entire tub in front of you. Yeah. 
extra butter, please. I love the butter. I think the last patrons used the butter. Could you please replace it, please? You need fresh? I don't mean to butter you up, but you're the best weight I've ever seen. Here's your butter. All right. Have we broken yet? We should break. I have to get this from Liz. No. I'm on it. Don't you ever worry. Have some butter. I know you're not feeling well. Eat a little butter. It always makes me feel butter. It's creamy. I know your mother died, but she'd want you to eat butter right now. (laughs) And a little bit of butter is not going to kill you. A lot of butter. (laughs) Should I go on a diet? No, I butter not. <laughs> this is great for the butterboard. I understand that your daughter's sick. You better pack your vagina and butter. I'm hoping they send me a case of butter for this. <laughs> Hello, Mara. Here's some butter. Alright, you cock. <laughs> you and your stupid butt. Seriously, you are. The whiniest non-Jew I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Sorry. I grew up in a Jewish building on Dykeman Street. Dykeman. Yeah. That's up where Manhattan starts to get so small. Exactly. It's 200 Street, but we call it Dykeman Street. Um, Fez is taking you out to dinner tonight. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> That's the... that We've selected a place? Did you read his conservative thing about Gase? I, I try to tell him that it's great he has an issue, but I want some other issues. Um, because he's he's too focused in. Yeah, I I ignore that issue. I just I pretend I'm not listening. But that's the only issue he had today. He doesn't have that issue. He's not talking. He wouldn't even join in in the butter talk. I think we should talk about under the dome. I think we should talk butter. Is there <laughs> butter under the dome? Uh, Do you eat butter? Long. <laughs> we're going to break. Uh, we'll be right back. Our man is here, Chris. Is he here? Uh, it's not signed in yet. I'm keeping an eye on it. All right, we'll break right back. Ron and Fez Show. The Ron and Fez Show on the Open Anthony Show. Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned.
Lorana Fez Show. Artist of the Day, Cheap Trick, in honor of Eddie Trunk, who said this is his favorite band of all time. The Dream Police. Yeah, are you just going to sit around and mention all the songs they've done? No, I'm The Flame. I think it's an important, uh, important issue, The Dream Police. <sighs> Nutty bastard. I did hear that Fez invited you to come live with him. Well, he did just actually broach that question just a second ago, yeah. And he said, until he meets someone. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> when you two move in together, it's going to be fucking Grey Gardens. It's going to be the nuttiest thing. It'll be amazing. Well, we can't have a cat, can we? The Kennedys <laughs> will be coming. Um, has he figured out what he's paying you to take care of him? No, obviously this question just came up a second ago. And I would, we did not discuss it. As a matter of fact, my whole life is in disarray and uh, in turmoil. If you hit, you're going to take care of him, though, with the movie? I I believe in being friends. At the, the people who I have a list of people who supported the Kickstarter. I have a list of people. So all those people are going to be on my list. They're on my good list. The other people are going to be on my bad list. You're on my list. You're like a psychotic Santa Claus. <laughs> You're like a Santa Claus who molests children. He has a list of of children that he's going to molest this year. Great. Be good or Polo will molest you. That's, one, that's a great movie, Slaughterhouse Five. You're on my list! What? Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, because you he's, he's said Slaughterhouse Five. <laughs> I thought that you were done. Yeah, really excited. <laughs> you followed Fez up to check on his phone. Yeah, he did. He actually grabbed it right off the desk. So Have you figured clarified. out, though, why during a commercial he will not stay in this room? I, I can't say I, I figured it out. No, I can't say. I, I observe like you observe. I, I see things, and I, I if I'm there, I can interact, and I can cause things to happen. That can you make Fez better? I, I can, but I think there are issues that can never be resolved. You're, what issues? I, I think there are deep-seated issues that I mean, you know, Woody Allen goes into analysis for fifty years for a reason. What do you think his issue is, though? Uh, well, there, there are family issues, clearly. Did his mom? And I know that he talks to you more than he does to me. But did Fez's mom ever take a shit on his chest? I don't know. I, I got interesting on the subway. I did learn something. I asked What's him, well, that? I oh, said shit. to him, I said, "Well, what would you want to do if you had a hobby?" And he says, history. And I said, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so why would you do that? And he says, well, like what in history? He said, the presidents. He says, oh, that's interesting. And then, and then I find out his father was very interested in the presidents. Yeah, all you'd have to do is listen to this show and you know that he'll bring up presidents. <laughs> but he likes history because it's solid. It happened. Yeah. It's nothing abstract. It's certainly not... In the future, you could say this was definitively done, and that's the things that Fez likes. And it's also not a physical thing, a, right. a tactile thing that you can right. experience. So what you can do is read Google and then just say, instead, don't look it up on Google, I'll tell you. Harrison was the finest, you know? Or guess what? What presidents didn't have a dog, but for all that he says that he likes about presidential history, I we put up a Teddy Roosevelt uh, quote for him last week. He ignored it; wouldn't bring it up on the show. I understand, and that's that's important. I think he needs to realize that he has to find the passion in his life. He really does. Passion is everything. Passion Paul. is everything. Passion's everything. He needs to hang glide. Chris, yeah. Passion's everything. Need it. You have to have it. If you don't, what the hell are you doing? You know who had it? Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> Crazy he was passion. He a risk taker. 
He loved the, the national parks. There wouldn't be national but parks. For all he loves about presidential history, he never goes down to Philly. It's a fucking hour and a half train ride. And you're right there. And you're in the middle. And there's Independence Hall and this and that. Mm -hmm. FDR's house is like, what, an hour north of here? Yeah, there's Edgar Allan Poe's in the Bronx. I got he, he was, was not a president. president. It doesn't matter. It's not the point. It's history. It's important. The fact is, there's an actual his, uh, revolutionary house in in Inwood, not far from the cloisters. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. I love it. I've seen it many times. But what what can you do to get him out moving? And you know. I agree. Well, this is two days. I'm I, yeah. We got a dinner tonight, and I got the Chick Fil A tonight, an anti-gay Chick Fil A dinner, and then what? And then the cloisters. Where you guys going out after the dinner? Well, I, I joked with them, dance all night long, and, and that's fine. But it, it isn't. It isn't. It's, yeah. It's not the same thing as you know going to a pottery class and and making a pot. You know, that's that's something you can show people. It's like, this is a pot that I. You made. know what? <laughs> Time to do this. If you're going to put him in a pottery class, have him make his ashtrays. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Or even a, a, a carpentry class, making a, a, a little box. Dell's this for? Big J O Christina is performing at the Empire Casino in Yonkers, New York. Yonkers, it's the place to go. I was there a couple weeks ago. He's also headlining in the Funny Bone in Newport, Kentucky next week, the fifth through seventh. FunnyBoneCentral.com. But he's all the way downstairs. Yeah. This whole thing about being this late, it's not good. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, Adrian uh, Guernet and his uh, buddy Matthew Cook, is yeah. that it? Yeah. When I went down to take a piss, they were in another place, and they both waved and gave me a thumb up. Nice. While they're on the air with someone, <laughs> go do your fucking interview. That you're doing now. Don't live in the past. So should just walked out of that. Make here. me history. <laughs> I, I we even talked about the the recent FDR. I saw I saw Sunrise at Campanello recently, and of course the uh, Bill Murray, the other one, the the Hyde Park on the Hudson, of course. Did, did of course did he, he see them? No, mm. and uh, we're either but he watches that damn Batman over and over. We're gonna watch uh, some L.A. Confidential or Sunrise uh, or Hyde Park on the Hudson tonight. That's for sure. Why don't you go, guys go out to a midnight fucking theater tonight? That would be... Oh, you know who's going to be in... The, oh, my God, the 27th. Crispin Glover's going to be down there, right down the block. That's perfect. Perfect. Are you going to be here on Friday? Uh, Friday morning, like I have to be on the plane at 10. Okay. You know, I mean, all I'm... I'm here... Is Fez going with you? Because he's on vacation next I week. I asked him last few weeks ago, could you come to L.A. Me, and, with me? No, you didn't. I did ask you. You said no. I take too much time off as it is. I can't go. Fess. Trip of a lifetime. Go to Pitch High Power. Oh, really? It's just like that. Well, we got some coked out <laughs> friends up there, so it would be fun. Oh. I, can't, I can't go into specifics. No Apple-off? <laughs> oh, I am going to see Apple-off now that you mention it. <laughs> Give me a favor. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't set that up yet, but he said a few weeks ago. Yeah, do me a favor. Me. If you run into him, say that you didn't see me, and you're pretty sure I don't have his money. Okay, fine. <laughs> don't know what that means. Right. And then he's going to curse about me. Just ignore it. Okay. So fine. <laughs> I, I love his game shows. Mm, sure, he does well. He does well. He does very well with his game shows. He does. 
he's doing one called What's Better Than Butter. <laughs> I would like to turn your life as a movie into a game show. I think that would be a good show. What would you do? Anyone who sits next to you loses? <laughs> That's one question. I would make it a diff I would make it a real, uh, you know, Jeopardy type of show. You know, difficult questions. Mm. You know, of, uh, that you never know what to expect with a question. It, it would have something to do with movies, but you just didn't well, know. Well, here's the, one of the things you got to work on with Fest. He was sure that this um, thing that he wrote up the other day was going to bring him some attention from the gay community. Mm -hmm. Donut. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, uh, to, a, to a certain extent, if you want to be an activist in the gay community, you have to be out there on the streets. You have to be mingling and mixing. He doesn't like to do that. You know. I mean, you got to be Harvey Milk. And get a bullet. Hey, look, you know, that's it. You live live fast, die young. We ought to do something called Bullet of Butter. And you open a door, and you either get a nice stick of butter, or you're shot in the face. <laughs> I understand. I understand. You're saying words, and I understand them. I do. As long as there's... Oh, there's the perp walk with his giant fucking... Uh, shorts. They didn't want him walking out there without a t-shirt on. He's all tatted up. Now, I wonder if the Patriots had to wait till the exact second that he was busted before they could know and void that contract. That they had to wait till he was actually arrested. Had to have, because this guy, because the way he's been acting, I don't know if he's guilty or not, I don't, I don't think anyone besides the cops knows what's really going on here. The way he's been acting, the guy is not totally scot-free. Let's face it, <laughs> the Patriots think he's guilty. Yeah. They want nothing to do with them. They got like a twelve million, con twelve million dollar contract left, thrown away. Yeah, it's gone. So just when you need your money the most, it's gone. This won't be having that two million dollar house much longer. No, get that the fuck out of there. Well, I mean, just because someone runs, does that make him guilty in America? No, it doesn't. But it it doesn't come off as good. And when you're saying, oh yeah. I do have uh, a cell phone and video surveillance. Uh, recently, though, someone beat it with a hammer. But here, take it. <laughs> That's like OJ saying OJ's guilty. Yeah, OJ's guilty. <laughs> you can't say it. He's innocent. 76% of Americans, this is up on the iBang, live paycheck to paycheck. Three out of four Americans, paycheck to paycheck. That's scary. I'm one of them. I live, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. But you would no matter how big your paychecks were. Correct. You could get a million dollars a week, and on Thursday you'd be like, shit, I can't believe they turned off my lights. Can't wait. When's this debit? When's this going to get debited into my account? Fuck. Go back to the check cash in place. Is this HR? Could you please check on something for me? <laughs> Bank account's a little low. I love paycheck to paycheck except for the money I put away. That's, that's my problem. Don't put away any money. If mm. you gave me $10 million, I would spend 500000 on a bomb shelter in the desert. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you don't want to live anyway. You'd have to fucking stay there because if the apocalypse goes down, you have to get to it quickly. Did you hear Bring about that the place? In your it's, pitch it's, <laughs> it's apocalypse later. Did you hear about the place in Kansas, the the RV uh, place underground, the uh, the huge? It, the guy bought it for five hundred and fifty, the uh, five hundred and ten thousand, whatever it was, and now he's turning it into a giant RV park underground, and it's the safest place on the planet. Well, not maybe not the only safe place on the planet, but there's some places in Switzerland in the mountains. 
I doubt it. But why do you want to live if the earth is destroyed? I then do. I want to live in an underground RV park? I, I could not be more annoyed. I'd open up the hatch and run outside and burn up. My favorite episode of The Twilight Zone is with Murgis Meredith when he comes Murgis out. Murgis Meredith? Murgis Meredith when he comes out of the vault and he has all of the whole world's books and then he steps on his glasses. Um, Chris, what time is it? It's one twenty-one. That can't be true, because Big J was going to be here at 1 o'clock. Mm -hmm. This is a total Big J fault. Now, do you do this with your stand-up? Do you show up 21 minutes late? Well, I do black shows. No, see, that's racism. <laughs> we got to come in big, right? they're not there anyway. They're big. not there anyhow. <laughs> big J Okerson is with us. I want to get your plugs down. These are some... Uh, you're playing Empire Casino tonight in Yonkers. 8 o'clock show goes off. And then, uh, then you're off to Kentucky. Yeah, which should be interesting. Uh, Newport, Kentucky. Uh, Funny, Funny bone. bone. Yes, never been to Kentucky before. It should be. They keep calling it Cincinnati. I think they make it sound better. Uh, Newport is Kentucky's version of Cincinnati. <laughs> Just I guess it's right across the river. Is it's it, like yeah. you're playing Jersey, really. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've never had a. Yeah, I've never played the, that area before. You've Kentucky. never played Jersey. No, I played Jersey all far too often. Jersey, I'm super familiar with. Fizz, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Look at that mustache. Two-tone? I think it's coming in wicked. This is Paulo, who's been living with Fez lately. I know. We, I was, he was here one time. The last before. time I was Every here, time exactly. you guys come in. He came back, uh, and you told us Fez sleeps late, and then <laughs> wakes up and just starts watching Joel's too. Fez, are you going to tell him about the mustache, what you're going to do with the mustache? Oh. What am I going to do with the mustache? What's you, this story now? Well, not a story. You told me this last week. You said you were going to do something with the mustache. Don't come on. I'm leaving, I'm leaving it up to you. you can, I'm laying it out there. You tell me. I said I was going to try to wax it and make no, it go handlebar. No, that wasn't it. No, that wasn't it. You, what you, is it then? A rainbow mustache. Again, you have to listen to the show. <laughs> For Pride? For Pride Week? Fez calls it Shame Week. Um, <laughs> Fez wrote an anti-gay gay thing out there about how people shouldn't be dancing and showing off their bodies. He was hoping to get some negative heat from the gay community. Really? He got nothing. What should it be? Just like three-piece suits on floats? Yeah, he wanted a heel turn. <laughs> and it's a very smart move, because when you do the heel turn, at least they know who you are. It's very It's much better if you come into wrestling as a bad guy and then do something good. And that's what he was hoping for. But they just don't recognize you, Humphrey. They refuse to believe that you're alive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that makes you hate gays even more. Well, it just makes me show that, uh, you know, a group of people who keep talking about inclusion aren't very inclusionary. Mm -hmm. It'd be cool if you can get everyone else to wear dress very conservatively and then you just show up like all pizzazzed out, like glitter and like short That'd be shorts. nice. That would fucking be the thing. A sequin shirt should be in every closet. So he tells you stuff that he hears on the show, and then he feeds it back to you like he's got an idea. Yeah, I'm just saying it's a good idea. Yeah, sure. It would have been before he turned into conservative gay guy. <laughs> yeah, but now like you, made you, just some, said. you said you made some conservative gay friends, right? Yes, I did. Gays that hate gays. Yeah, yeah. Especially my friend Will just despises gays. Why do you want to be like him, though? No, I. my thought was, I thought what I said about the Pride Parade made perfect that's not, sense. That's not what I'm talking about. You have a friend that hates gays, right? Yes. If he was straight, you would hate him for hating gays. But because he's gay and agrees with straight people, you think he's cool. 
Yeah, I think he points out the places where gay people shoot themselves in the foot. You got to separate Fez from these log cabin guys. Yeah, I that's got to be your number one thing. Well, I, ruin the relationship again. The very least I would like to happen is to have some hookers, female and male, over at the at the at the chateau. I want to see Fez hanging out with fucking freaky fun gay people. Right, the kind of gay people that get the attention. Right, not the grouchy fucking straight log cabin gay people. I think we should go into a uh, bar, a gay bar, with the most flamboyant outfits we can come up with. See, that, th that makes Fez think that the gays look stupid doing that. Polo is a solid wingman, though, huh? He like, is. He's, really he's fucking there down. for him, man. Polo will suck a dick for you if he's on your team. <laughs> My wife is... Oh, that's a perfect okay look right him. there. Come on. That makes gays look fucking together like they're not scaring straight people. <laughs> <laughs> is that what Pride's going to be full of that, right? The parade. That drag kabuki is frightening looking. Yeah. I think it's fun. Well, he's got uh, lipstick. He's got this and that going on. It's so great. It's a queen of the desert thing. Yeah, it's very nice. I'm impressed with the sharpness of his facial hair. Sure. Quite frankly. That takes too long. That takes way Gay too long. Gay men have just rocked that. They just, I don't know how they do it. Because they have a lot of time. <laughs> they have a lot of time. Where you, on the other hand... You don't do any shaping to your beard at all. Nope, nope. It just comes in all natural. You know, Fez came to my wedding dressed as Marilyn Monroe with Melissa back in the in the day. He was dressed as Marilyn Monroe at my wedding, if you remember. Correct. Melissa who? The Gap, the Gap premiere with Melissa, the 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 second wife. Her name was Melissa. Yeah, Mel. Oh, oh I, I thought it was Melvin. a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin. I thought it was the same guy from Mel's Diner. Okay. Okay. All right. Have your fun, everybody. I know what you're doing. Yeah, nah, yeah, Everybody's see, sitting exactly. around elbowing yeah, me. Yeah, sure, it. I get it. We're you're, all fellas. You're pulling my chain. You're hocking my chanic, whatever it is. Hocking my chanic? <laughs> chanic. Yeah. So you're here. You're staying at Fez's for a while again? Just, I'm going to L.A. for my big pitch meetings. He's Ooh. pitching movies out there. He won't tell us what it is, but he and his friends have the rights to a franchise. Is that correct? We've been working with some producers for the last few months, yes. And, and they have the rights to a franchise. Right, right. Now, can I just ask you this? Mm -hmm. Is this franchise bigger or smaller than the Pink Panther franchise? I'm saying, well, what were there, about six of those or yeah. something like that? Yeah, it's, it's in that ballpark. So the point is is that we're working on three different... I know what it is. Can I guess? Or I don't know if... Go ahead. Police Academy? No. Rocky Seven. I'm saying nothing. I'm saying absolutely nothing. And the point is, is that I have independent films I want to do. I have, we're, we're having our Fez and I. I know for a fact thing. it's Police Academy. But I'm I'm saying because I, I remember when what's his name came in here. You got mad at me for bringing up Police Academy, and I would not even have thought of that until you brought it up. Gutenberg? Yeah, Gutenberg came in, and I brought up Police Academy to him. And I'm saying, and he was all like, "Gosh, everybody's nice and good." You know, he's he's a very up guy, positive guy. But the point is, is that I I'm out there. We're working on three or four different scripts. I'm not talking about anything. I'm so not you got the Police Academy. I'm not things. acknowledging any comments, any things. As Reboot. far as you know, there are lots of things out there, and we're working. Actually, we're out there for to pitch right. a different franchise. If it's not a four picture franchise, would you uh, would you Swear on your 
family's eternal soul that it's not police again. I'm not swearing. I'm Thank not you. doing it. I'm not doing it. it. I'm out there. We're doing a new High thing. Tower. We're doing it. We got a four. And my friend has... Look, For Michael on. Winslow's sake, yeah. don't throw head fakes like that. This is Michael Winslow on the phone right now. <laughs> and he said... <laughs> 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 we are actually pitching something totally uh we've been working on three scripts we got we're out there to pitch something virginal that nobody's uh, that's not selling my friend go with your fucking police academy no i no i'm saying we we're working another franchise but nobody's done it tackleberry available nobody's working on it it's police academy one from hook's point of view it is we Polo gave it in because he told me before it was PA. Oh shit! I, I go, said nothing. You did. Like you that. said something to cat. You go I blank academy is all I'm saying. Nothing. Crazy, I got a little dude. upset about something that was said at the time. See the people who uh, have police academy movies. Bubba Smith's gonna have to clear a little space on his uh, calendar. He's dead. Okay. In any case, we are working on a totally different. That's not. We're out there to pitch something. Uh, whatever it is that we're talking about, first it, police uh, academy and then the other. <laughs> no, what's the other one about? All right, the other one. Okay, let me. My, fr my friend is a big <laughs> fan of the trauma films, and he makes all these kind of weird. And he's got this really interesting movie called Aborted Feces. It's like a long title, Aborted Feces. It's fecal feces, and this is a movie he's got. Shed feces. It's it's. I can't even remember the title, but he's uh, he's got this budgeted out where it'll make at least like ten times the money that's put in an eighty thousand dollar budget. So he's in to those kind of movies and that's the mm -hmm. kind of that's that, but that's just a waste of your time but we've got Please a franchise we've got yeah. a franchise a four picture franchise from the 90s and the 80s that we're we're pitching that's police academy. No, it's not. We're, it. we're not talking police academy. Forget it. I go through 80s franchises. Oh, are you, are you working with Paul Molansky on this? I'm not talking about it at all. He's an older guy, though, right? I'm not talking Paul about Maslansky. it. I am like, in, I am so ignoring this conversation. You're the one who brought it up. I didn't bring it up. You're is bragging it, about it. Is it Toxic Avenger Academy? I'm not. No, by the he's way, friends <laughs> with that guy, the guy who does Toxic Avenger. I thought he was fake. No, the 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 head of to, uh, the head of trauma. Oh. He's good friends with them. But. <laughs> I'm just saying. I I want to do my sixty projects, and we're out there to Hollywood to do be whores, and that's fine. I I've got my scare up to fear of everything. I, I only fear need what? twenty fear of everything, and I only twenty thousand dollars to make that film. Missing in action raise? part four. Uh, well, I would love to do missing in action. Bring that back. I would do that in a second. I would love to. Do, You're open to do a lot of projects. <laughs> I certainly am. I I'll give me Chuck Norris, and I will make him a star again. Alf the movie. Did he stop being a star? I, you know, uh, when people show up in these Expendables movies, I think that's the point. Now, is Paul Maslansky going to be there with you in the I movie? I swear to God, I am walking. Can I out tell of the you, room. you would not be furious if it was, unless <laughs> yeah. it was true. I see the reason God, that I'm you're furious. Holy shit. <laughs> 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 no, Paul, no, don't leave. You're too great. Stop at this. it. Stop it. Seriously, stop it. Don't, don't, you're elbowing me. You're talking my chiding. Right. But you gave <laughs> us the hint. I didn't give you a hint. Hicks guessed it. I'm not saying Nailed anything. It, the only thing is, I'm not saying anything. Paul Mislowski. I'm not saying anything. Officer Mahoney. <laughs> See how old he is. I. <laughs> and his son now has the rights. You were just that. I didn't say anything. That makes perfect but sense. But you'd be crazy not to bring back Police Academy. It was big. He's 80. Yeah, that's all right. 80 straight yeah, that's up. That's all right.
Well, the Twitterverse is going crazy right now. Oh, Police Academy's coming back, says Paul O. Hey, Channing Tatum type? Be Mahoney or something? I don't know. What? Channing Tatum and Mahoney? Is there a type? I don't know. Is there a type Young of dude? him already? Has well, he I mean, been around long enough? Look, look at the fact that they, they brought that. They're making a second one of those that those crazy uh, Jump Street movies. So what the hell? Wayne Wilson is oh, Tackleberry? Everything gets made out yeah, there. Yeah, another Police Academy. I would, with Paul... Look, I'm not talking about Maslansky. I'm beloved. saying I love there are Cameron's hundreds kid. of projects out there. They Hollywood would love to do anything as a remake. Right, and you've got Police Academy. No, though. forget. Huge. I'm not. Listen, I'm. That's first of all. That's not what we're out there for. I got an idea. I mean, you got to get a new high tower, right? I'm not. To to perfect. To dude. All right. Another retired fucking ball player. Don't worry about anything. I'm fucking so concerned. I would love to talk about it once I get the checks. What? Um, what studio are you meeting with? I I'm not going to talk about this thing because I was specifically. Specifically said, I can't talk, and I'm not talking. So Jonah Hill is Mahoney. I'm not talking. He's gonna have to carry that. There's a great Jonah Hill thing up. Says I don't care about the haters. Since Martin Scorsese told me I'm awesome. Right. <laughs> I'm fucking that. awesome. Hey, look, Brad <laughs> Pitt loves him. Well, we all love him, don't we? Yeah, sure. Why not? Do you think you would want him for the new police academy? I'm not saying a word about that thing. Only because you know. I'm not saying anything. Because when we said Jaws, you're like, yeah, of course. I should be doing Jaws. Now are you Your mouth God's ear. Are you just going to remake the first one, or are we going to get like a Bobcat Goldway character back? You're wasting Bobcat's ready to go. That was my favorite one. <laughs> Part two. Yeah. Oh, God. Dude, Bob, Bobcat you know is such I'd a like great talk, fucking director. I'm not talking. You should let him do it. <laughs> but he's very happy with the with that the new show he's doing with the the guy on IFC. Oh, Wanda Sykes has hooks. We got this thing. I'm going to book a ticket. I'll go out there with you. We'll get this thing up and running. Was Warner Wa Brothers. He's going to see Warner Brothers. Was Wanda Sykes in them before? Uh, was Wanda Sykes in the first one? No, but that girl who plays hooks has to be the little the soft-spoken. I think Wanda chick. Sykes is a brilliant idea. Yeah. This. this is coming together. But, uh, is anybody writing this down? Thanks. Oh, well, we have it on tape. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to write anything down. Good call. On demand. The way we, we go, it'll be transcribed and put up on the iBang within two months. <laughs> two to three months. There are, you know, let's just hope I have a good, I have a good week out there and I'd be happy to talk to you. Right, Dude, again. I hope you have a fucking great week. Hell yeah. I want to spend some of the upfront money with you. <laughs> exactly. First one made $146 million. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. And that was like 1982 money. On a $4 million budget. It's not bad. Oh, you're going to Bangtown, Paul. Good investment, Paul. Tony, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Paul, I think that the whole police academy is going to go off. And I think you should get Shaq, and then you could just be Shackleberry. No kidding. Shaq would be perfect as Hightower. Yeah. But he's saying it would be Tackleberry, and it's you can't you can't bring in a black guy for Tackleberry. No, that's insane. This guy was too gun crazy. It's going to start too much conversation. To, to <laughs> how long you been out there? Five right days. Five days. Yeah, the, the third is when I'm coming back. I'm just worried that long flight back, you're going to run into a lot of fireworks. <laughs> no, that's, that's, they wanted me to put it there for the fireworks on the fourth, but I, here, look who it is. It's Jibby. Hey, what's up, buddy? G baby. The our man in Hollywood. What's yeah, happening? Paul, you, ever, 
you have trouble rebooting Police Academy since the, it already has a screenwriter and a director. So uh, I don't know what Again, you're doing. I'm not talking, sir. I am not talking. <laughs> but, I am not referring. So I'm ignoring comments. Gee, baby, what Polo's saying is this is not written in stone, what you're hearing. Oh, the, yeah, the, the news did come from about a year ago. We haven't heard anything since then, so maybe that's when Paulo got involved. I mean, they probably saw Gap and really got excited about Paulo, it. Paulo, when you get paid, right, do you have front money? There's a list. Uh, I have two lists. Yeah, I have a good list and I have a My ball. list. I need a little stimmy. <laughs> I need a little something to get going. Can I get some cash for guessing it correctly? A little stimmy. A little stimmy time. There, it's seriously, I ha this... There, there is a thing going on in Hollywood with you know screenwriters getting paid for scripts, and then you know they have to officially turn down scripts, and then you know there, there with certain projects there are actually two scripts in play. Gee, baby, it seems like these people who think they're doing Police Academy are fucked. Yeah, be part of the And we're out there to pitch something in which there are no screenplays in play. That is my point. So but, put that out on a website. Paulo says the scripts for Police Academy are bullshit. Fuck me. He's coming yeah, in to fix it. Slash film that shit right now. Hear the words Slash that are coming out of my mouth. Entirely <laughs> penned in Fez's bed. Oh, it's written in jizz. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, gee, baby. Yeah. You said that Superman was the greatest movie of all time. You called it the godfather of comic book films, right? No, no. I I, no, I, I thought it was an enjoyable movie, but I don't think it was... Uh, Did you feel like it was an enjoyable romp? Um, Close, close. It was a little... Not as funny as a romp usually would be, though. Is there anything left to see this year? It just doesn't... It hasn't been a fun summer. I mean, I mean, hopefully the Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Rim people are looking forward to, and I've heard pretty good things about I it. I won't even bother with that. It looks stupid. White House Down, White House Down comes out this weekend is like oh. very much in the mold of Die Hard. It's really the kind of movie. It's really fun. Uh -uh. That's and then, like, I mean, there's some really great smaller movies coming out. I didn't like White House Down, but you know, it is an audience picture. They did like it. I mean, the audience I sat with. But I yeah. thought it was total ripoff. First of all, you got it Olympus was ripoff from White Castle Down. Then there's a lot. Olympus has <laughs> fallen. And the weed smoking. And the, the the analogy to Die Hard is it was a total ripoff of Die Hard too. Yeah. But I would say the best movie coming out is in August. It's called Short Term Twelve. It's a small movie that mm -hmm. won uh, the Audience Award here in L.A. and in South by and. It's going to be the best movie. I love the way I way never, back. I never even heard of this. Your short term twelve. It's uh, it stars Brie Larson, who played the lead singer of Crash Clash of Demonhead, Scott Pilgrim. It's her first like real big leading role. It's her and the guy from the newsroom, John Gallagher, and they play sort of you know twenty somethings who run a foster home for kids, and it's hilarious and really heartfelt, and it's just it, it, an amazing, amazing movie. Right, without giving away, do they molest those kids in the foster home? Because uh, that would no. be funny. You turn them out. Yeah. I, I love The Way Way Back. That's one of the ones I'd recommend for this year. I, it's a good one, too. I've seen that one twice. And uh, I think it's very funny and very well done, but it's not really much more than a simple coming of age story. Well, it's, I would say it compares favorably to Meatballs, and that's a good thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun movie, but it also has heart, and it also has got some profanity to it. The creator of the new Police Academy movies <laughs> says this could be the next Meatballs. Wait, wait. Yeah, wait, wait, maybe Meatballs probably needs a remake. Maybe this is. I wouldn't mind about. doing a me remake of Meatballs, and and as far as that goes, I you know a, a remake of Caddyshack, perhaps. You gotta get to this Police Academy <laughs> remake first. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 
steal from the creator's I, case. I, I, I hope in your movie you do give them a. <laughs> <laughs> at some point. But actually, sick the way, way back is from the dragon. <laughs> Even the Caddyshack. <laughs> and like, you are look, they stole. So Ghostbusters 3, they ripped that script off for me, remember? Now, Rick Moranis is saying, if you know, I'd like to hear If some this <laughs> meeting of yours that you're taking, this pitch meeting. Don't forget, I wrote Ghostbusters. Is it anything above a fucking Denny's? I will be shocked. Bring in a spy camera so you Do can you just fucking record everything. That he'll get through the gate at Paramount, G Baby? No, I, I, I'm laughing my balls off at all of this just because I know how hard it is for anybody to pitch me out here. And I think Paul is probably going to meet, yeah, in like you said, the coffee shop somewhere with some sleaze bag producer and pretend. I like am <laughs> not talking, sir. He's pissed. My are you, lines. Are you meeting in a studio? I re yes. I will. Okay, twenty questions. Yes, in a major <laughs> studio. Yes, I and, and it's not even me. We're keeping me under wraps, which uh, is understandable. Are you going to jump out of a box? <laughs> yeah, out of I'm a cake. <laughs> Are you? Would it be an equivalent to Paramount, or will you be going in to Paramount? If you say there are ten major studios, yeah. it would be one. Yeah. But okay, look. As I said, the, there are many people out there struggling. The guys who wrote the, the, the Way Way Back wrote The Descendants, a brilliant script, and this is again a brilliant script. All right, well, let's just play this. Why don't you pitch me right now so we can see how your pitching is, right? Mm -hmm. Pitch me good, fellas. Give me the elevator pitch like you own the book. That they ended up making Goodfellas out of. All right. I, I, I wouldn't do that because clearly it's a beloved film. But, I mean, you know. you. Well, look at me. Look at me right okay. now. It's 1988. Mm -hmm. You have the rights to mm -hmm. whatever that fucking book was mm -hmm. that became Goodfellas. And I'm the studio guy. Come in and pitch me. Make this as if it's real time. An Irish and guy. Go. An Irish guy wants to be a made man in the Italian mob, and it, it's his story. It's on coke. It's it's a crazy. It's a Nielsen song. Jump into the fire. Get the fuck out of this elevator. <laughs> <laughs> that Get the was the fuck out of my elevator. That sounds like horse shit. Seconds of madness. You yelled out a Nielsen song. Jump into the fire. The fucking movie hasn't made yet. <laughs> An Irish guy is on coke. Uh, a Nielsen song. Jump into the fire. Now, do I get the check from you? <laughs> or should I go to your receptionist? I think if I start pitching it as the movie's already done, like, and then Joe Pesci says, oh, what am I, a clown to you? You couldn't pitch a success. No, seriously. This is a success. But that, that's what you can't, that, that's like remaking a success. You don't remake no, a I'm successful saying, movie. I'm going by you, or can you pitch? No matter what you're handed, can you pitch it? But, that, but that's the point. It's like you. The, the, we want to go into remake Hollywood where you want to remake everything. That's the point. A lot of stuff is crap out there. They don't need you to for stuff they already have the rights to. Now, if you're telling me you have the rights of Police Academy. I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> I mean, it's look, it seems like you do. I'm not telling anything. The fact is... It, you're right. It is a closed system, and that's a big problem with Hollywood, that everything is closed. It isn't closed. They have rights to something and wouldn't need you. They would only need what you... All right, first of all, I'm looking at this weird thing with gray and then copper at the top. <laughs> Just pull it straight up, Polo, so I can see... Look, what you do to yourself. It's fucking frightening. The bad die job. The point is is that I have a lot of original... And it's hard to get original work You're stuff. sweating like you've got coke in You're your You're upsetting show. me! 
you're You've got the rights to police I'm, academy. You're upsetting me. That's I'm not fucking about gold. It. I'm trying to say original material is hard to do. Like when you talk about Pacific Rim. Right, let's just do this. Pitch me as if you had the rights to police academy. I'm not what would the new one I'm not, be? I don't even want to discuss this right now. The so fact we know you don't have rights to Goodfellas. You were willing to try that. <laughs> so you must have the rights to police academy. Not, no, the fact is simple. Something like Pacific Rim. I have a project that's very secret that I okay. won't even pitch. It's so good. That would would literally be the biggest movie of all time. I'm shooting above Avatar and above Titanic. And yet, that's like Olympus has fallen, White House down. Those are two identical movies. And that's because good oh. ideas will oh, get stolen. Paul, if you have an idea that good, write the screenplay. An agent will read it and love it. No, and make your you can't. Because if it's that good, if the if the core idea, which is the thing you can steal, is that good, it will get stolen. So you can't pitch it. You can't move it around. I want to get a, a a solid producer, a big guy with clout, to to put a shroud over it to protect it. A Lucas, a Spielberg, or somebody like that, or even a big star. Would you mind if this guy was eighty and all he had up to this point <laughs> was the police? What's his name again? There's a part. There's Paul. a part in this movie. Paul what? Meslansky. Right, there's Mislansky. a part in this. Hello, Mr. Meslansky. <laughs> there's a Paul O here to see you. There is a part in this movie, the super secret project, that yeah. is perfect for a professor, like you know, like the Robin Williams role in uh, Flubber. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Indiana Jones meets Police saying, Academy? You could get any major star to be the producer of this film, and then he would get the part, and he would be the, the executive producer of the film, and then protect it through the process. Lucas and Spielberg know that certain projects need to be protected, and that's why they have these special scripts where you can't So are you saying that you're going to go in and pitch stars this week? I would love to, but I don't know if I'm not. Actually, I didn't get myself. There was too much I give you drama a thing, this uh, week. If you want to do that, there's a map of the stars, on, <laughs> and you'll be able to drive right up. No, I mean, I'm not doing that Hello, this Mr. Week. Clooney. First of all, here's a pot of jam to let you know I'm not crazy. I'm not doing that this week. Second, it's so hot I'm taking my shirt off. <laughs> I'm saying that the, I would, I'm willing to do that. I'm literally willing to call I'm, Paul just I'm, not to waste one second of that time out. I'm telling you right now, you couldn't go to a studio and get a job trimming their hedges. Yes, I understand. Because you're too fucking crazy. No, you're... You, there's a, fucking Hollywood isn't full of crazy people. No one is crazy as you. And that's... That's that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be your sales thing. <laughs> I can't crazy. believe I'm not in a nut house. You are going to be so depressed next week. Plus, his fucking friend is stealing money from him. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, fine. Um... Here's uh, Jim in Alabama. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Paulo, I'm so excited about this, man. Where can we donate money for your Police Academy Kickstarter? Well, there's a Kickstarter up right now. Some celebrity needs help. You can definitely contribute to that. Some celebrity needs help. <laughs> Some That's celebrity. the name of it? No, I mean, just look at a, look at a Robert Downey Jr. Uh, 20, 20 years ago. Now, let years. me just say this. This man wanted to give you money, and you will not tell him how to do it. <laughs> and then you bring up Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yes. Why don't you go in? Look, look at Robert Downey Jr. He used to be a dope addict, and now he's great. Well, I'm a dope addict. <laughs> 
get me now while I'm cheap. I, uh, while I'm sleeping in a inside here, you mind if I peel off this he shirt? He slept in a young girl's room that he he broke into a house and slept in a young girl's room. Now he's the biggest star in Hollywood. Yeah. You're sleeping in Fez's room. That's Similar story. It's understood. You broke into a young man's asshole. <laughs> Well, I don't see this working, but would you have lunch with G-Baby while you're out there? I would. I love movie people. And I mean, it, it would be a heated... It would be a, Ray Hollywood. It would be a heated conversation for sure. Why? Because it, clearly we're passionate people. Uh, so why would you yell at him? <laughs> well, because it's like, you know, it's like at the movies. <laughs> it's like G-Baby and Paulo at the movies. But don't you right, have... I'd probably yeah. have to pay for lunch, wouldn't I? Isn't that oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You better, it better not be chicken filet oh, either. Unless <laughs> fucking Fez's brother's around, you're paying. All right, Wendy's is okay. I don't know. Is this your Kickstarter here? Yeah. Oh, no, that's the old. Yeah, that's the new one. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to be able to make. How much are you trying to raise? Much money. No, not. Five no. large. That would be. Uh, <laughs> That's just to get Gutenberg on the phone. All right, thank you. <laughs> you know what uh, Gutenberg's book was that he was promoting? He called it the Gutenberg's Bible. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Google that, sir. Yeah. Google that. I can't believe it. This guy, he had done so many things in the 80s that were all multiple films. Sure. Cocoon. Absolutely. The Cocoon, Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Baby. How many people have had three franchises? Exactly. It's not easy to do. Exactly. Sadly, the, uh, the Village People movie only had a one go. So I'm out what there. What was that, uh, the name of that? Can't Stop the Music. Oh, yeah, I'm out there classic. doing a reboot of Three Men and a Baby. You can laugh about that because it's not true, right? You can't laugh about the police academy. Then you scream, try to look. He's wiping himself down with a bar. You're a mess. I'm, I'm not going to answer any of these questions. <laughs> not in this heat. I'm not. It's too human. Uh, please stop anything. saying Mr. Melansky's name. Ms. Lansky? What? Paul Ms. Lansky? Please. He's meeting with Meyer Lansky, not Mazlansky. <sighs> this is going to be a fucking nightmare, huh? Right now. Yeah. I'm excited. But is, your fucking, is the guy going to be yelling at you when he calls up? That we figured it out, that we broke the fucking code? <laughs> that doesn't sound healthy. <laughs> I just... I just Oh, God. It's making me and Hicks cough hearing it. Get your checkbook, please. <laughs> Just write me a check. I'm really a lot of trouble here. Oh, this fucking. This should be the movie. I have nothing to say. <laughs> please, please. This is going to get you the heat that you need. So, uh, G Baby, are you surprised that uh, these they were able to. Swing in like this and steal Police Academy from the writers and directors? Uh, frankly, yes. I mean, come on. Warner Brothers and New Line owns it, so I don't know how the hell uh, Paul Lowe came here and grabbed it, but... It, you know, I am... My name is not included in this discussion. Thank you. Well, you're the one in the studio, Paul, so I don't know I am talking. saying nothing. Okay. But it has been a year since we've heard anything about the reboot, so if this is true, it, it, you know, the timing isn't exactly off, so who knows? Right. 
Is this going to be another Sweaty Man production, or what do you... <laughs> <laughs> it was a very rough trip last from Orlando to, to the New York in the summer. What the hell is that about? No, it's a mistake. Jeez That's a mistake. Christ, the was winter was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Winter was great. All right, G-Baby, good to talk to you, buddy. How are you too, buddy? No more big blockbusters. So what's going to be the number one blockbuster of the summer? Iron Man 3, first movie out of the gate. It, yeah. I called it at the beginning, of course. It goes yeah. without saying. It, 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 you're right about everything in the I film business. Usually, I thought it. Superman was horrible. Was it really? Hated it. Uh, Fez saw it. He hated it, too. Yeah, yeah I thought it was, it, was, it was ridiculous. You saw it, too, Hicks? I saw a boot of it, yeah. Uh, that's that's why we should have done. I'm going to wait till it gets staged. I don't want to no, get wait. I just get the don't like <laughs> that they pick on uh, what? New York City every time. They got to turn New York City I into a parking lot. Every. I mean, what is this 9 11? What happened? It's 9 11 porn. I don't want to give spoilers, but I can literally pinpoint the exact second of the movie where I laughed out loud and I was like, this just sucks. Like, give it out. I reached over Sorry. and I was. Saying to my buddy, I was trying. I'm trying. Like I'm really trying. I want to enjoy this. I know the, my point. The preview. The point for me was a uh, Kevin Costner when his father with the tornado and he. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was 30 yards. From, he didn't want anybody to know that uh, his son was Superman. So to to prove the point, he sent his son uh, for shelter with the mom. And an old man instead uh, went and started trying to save everybody from this tragedy was about to happen. And then he hurt his ankle slightly, and when he came out of the car, about 30 yards away from each other, he didn't even need to use his Superman powers to save him, really. And Kevin Costner just put his hand up and said, no, no, this is the way it needs, and just accepted death He didn't want di to live with Diane Lane anymore. This is the first time I ever walked out on someone talking about a movie. Yeah, it was, was, so it was that horrible. That. <laughs> All right, see if you know what this is from. I'm going to do a little scene from Okay. You. <clears throat> Paulo, are you remaking The Godfather? No. Paulo, are you making Poltergeist? No. Paulo, are you remaking Jaws? No. Paulo, are you making Police Academy? I'm not talking about it! Forget anything ever came up! <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm almost... I'm almost... Some celebrities need help. I'm almost forced to talk about... Is that the Paulo story? I'm almost forced to talk about the film that I am out there pitching, but the fact is... What we, is that one? I'm not... But I'm almost, but I'm not going to. It's bad. Oh, I'm all, look, I did write the, the original draft of Ghostbusters, and nobody, you know, and I didn't win there, so... That happens. The original draft of Ghostbusters Wait. won? No, I, I wrote... Yeah. I, I wrote something that was I guess not, it's just called Ghostbusters. Paul, yeah. Paulo was in a movie, Caddyshack. And then you claimed that you took the movie that you had done called Ghostbusters, <laughs> the Paulo story, and put it under whose door? No, what happened was, is it was the it was the Wild and Crazy Brothers. I wrote a, a script based on their. They come from Transylvania, and they come over and they work supers in a building, and there's all these crazy supernatural creatures in this giant Manhattan co-op, and that was the story. That was the script. And then a few months later, I mean, a few years later, Ghostbusters come out, and I Wait. threw it over Dan Aykroyd's transom when he was doing Doctor Detroit. Love Doctor Detroit. Yeah, I, and we talked about remaking that Doctor Detroit. Yeah. This time you want to do it as Dr. Akron. <laughs> You'll have the pull after you make this Police Academy reboot. Well, and it's That's going to be fucking good. <coughs> reboot King. I, mean, I can't uh, wait to see I'm that. out there to pitch Dr. Detroit. Gotcha. <laughs> wink, wink. You're All right, G-Baby. All right, buddy. All right. Follow. Good luck. Thank you, sir. Are we, are we meeting at Wendy's? 
Yeah, get my email from Ron or Pepper. All right, sounds good. Bye. Really? You're meeting with everybody, huh? I'll meet. I will literally go to George Clooney's house with some jam. Um, I know Jimmy Schubert is friends with him. If you want to get a hold of Shoops, absolutely, he's friends with Clooney. I, I look. I we've got a few things that we're doing out there. I don't want to waste one fucking second in L.A. I will be working 24 hours a day the five days that I'm out there. Your friends aren't even going to want to see you, let alone <laughs> people from studios. I understand that's You're a career true. wrecker. Probably shouldn't go to a meeting after working for 24 hours straight, too. It's not going to be a good look. I understand. Oh, I'm a little crazy. wired right now. <laughs> it's my 12th, 12th cup of coffee. Hello! Let me in! I got 15 bucks that you choke a girl to death. <laughs> That's what I'm fucking betting it's on. It's going to be like Kramer going out to L.A. What oh, do you do with a dead hooker? I haven't seen it yet. Saw it. It's like the third season of Seinfeld. I only seen the first half season. <laughs> you got a lot of great shit ahead of you. Um, here's uh, Steve. You're on the Run and Fed show. Well, oh, is it Smokey and the Bandit? Is that the franchise? That's, you know, Who's on the phones today, Pips? I could not. That's intern Bob. Or Gidget? <laughs> You know, I was watching Gidget the other day, and there was Richard Dreyfuss was on that show. They're doing a movie, I just heard it this morning, that looks like it's Gidget 2013. Uh -huh. They're calling it Teenage Beach Movie, and I think they're going to use one of the Disney showcases. Yeah, I think it's on one of the Disney channels, yeah. Is it going to be like one of the... Uh like a parody, like a scary movie thing? I don't know. I can't, all these shows seem like parodies to me. <laughs> I'm like, what are you making fun of now? I actually watched a little of it, yeah. I tried to watch that acapella movie the other night. It's on cable. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? The girl came in, the cute girl? Yeah. Yeah, what's the name of that movie? Is it just called acapella? No, it's not called acapella. It's called a Pitch Perfect. Yeah, they're making Pitch Perfect too. so what the hell? Are they really? Yeah. With that big uh, English chick? Absolutely. She's everywhere, the big English she chick. She sure is. Melissa is McCarthy and uh, Rennie... Rennie... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rennie yeah. Rain Wilson. Re Re Rebel was, Wilson. Rebel I thought, Wilson. I thought she was Australian. She is, probably, yeah. She's an Aussie. Okay, you guys are racist, then. You're white racists against white people. Well, we're Yeah, we're racist against the Melissa McCarthy and Rain Wilson. The Ren Rebel Wilson. Why do we hate Melissa McCarthy? I don't like her movies. Why? Always fat chick? That's always the joke? I get that. I'm over that, too, a little bit. Um, I don't know. I like her. I think she's funny. I don't know whether she should be the star or whether she's stronger as the you know supporting actor. Right. Bridesmaid. But every time I see her, she makes me laugh. I saw that uh, the one with her and Jason Bateman. It's like... That's yeah, so what I was bad. But after a while, though, every joke is always like, I'm fat and falling. And then he was actually punching her and shit. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. dude, I know she's fat, but stop punching her. I'll fuck you up, Jason Bateman. I don't know. But body, I mean, body shots, just he, making a point. <laughs> even he couldn't get a laugh in that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He couldn't even pull it out. It was tough, and then the then the but big this one Paul Feig is doing, and the Sandra he, he's a buddy, yeah. yeah. So I'm I I got big cheers for Bill Burr's in this movie too. Yeah, well, I love Sandra Bullock too. I think that that she should be doing these comedies on a regular basis. I think you should do uh, Speed Three with her. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. This time we're not moving. Now, am I right? There was a subway. <laughs> She's trapped in a slowing down. <laughs> She's trapped in a bus that has no tires. We were talking about this the other day. Is way. 
me and my partner. But we were talking. And you point at your deck when you say my partner. <laughs> me and my partner were having a talk. I've never seen a lot of subways in L.A. movies, but I do remember in Speed there was a subway scene with the uh, yeah. yeah and there is a subway out there. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of curious how the subway works out in L.A. Well, it runs underground. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, <laughs> where do you go here? London. It's a subway. It's mass in, transit. It's several cars. It's mm. bound to be different than the New York subway. That subway is fantastic. <laughs> I'd like to make a documentary about the subway. Rockumentary. And just exactly. fucking see what it's like just to have Guns N' Roses riding around on the subway. Subways of the world. Yeah. Do we need to break here? Big J. Okerson is in with us. He's doing uh, Emory City Casino uh, today. And then the Funny Bone in Newport, Kentucky. If you're anywhere in the Cincinnati, Ohio <laughs> area. That's called the bi-state area. It's if you're dicking around right. in Kentucky, come check it out. So you haven't been here since Paul O was in, which means you haven't been here forever. No, I came in uh, one, one time since okay. Paul O, yeah. All right, then I'm going to stop my bitching. <laughs> Where'd you come in from today? Um, I stayed in the city last night. Oh. Fancy. Nice. <laughs> Someone's moving on up. This side of the river. Yeah. Usually I come in from Long Island, which is a bitch. I thought you came in from Long Island City. No, no, actual Long Island. Hmm. If I lived in Long Island City, I wouldn't. That hurricane wouldn't have destroyed my shit so much. I wish it was Long Island City. No, I'm out in Long Island. Too real? Yeah, that's so sad. <laughs> Too real? You know, they never told us how much money they raised from that concert. No, <laughs> yeah. a little pissed about it. Imagine if it was like none. I know they got some. After they finished paying Springsteen, that was it. I don't think he really charges. Cleaned me. out. I think he gives him a hell of a, a, hell of a rate. I heard Max did. Weinberg was a holdout for money. That's sad. <laughs> well, he lost his Conan gig. <laughs> That's right. Steve, little Steven. Um, is Questlove coming back in here to talk about his book? I'm not sure. You wrote a book? Yeah. I saw it last night, though. It's called Bad Stuff About Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> it's just stuff that he saw Jimmy Fallon doing. He's such a dick. My life, my life with a fist <laughs> pick in my hair. One man's journey. Uh, we got a break here, Chris. Yeah. Let's break. We come back. And, and let's have more Big J and less Polo. You're starting to annoy me, Paul. <laughs> no fucking, no offense. I'm so happy about the police academy. I do think it's going to happen for you. You and Paul Mislansky. Is yeah. that his name? Paul Mislansky. I'm out there for the, uh, <laughs> the Smokey and the Bandit revival. You're out there that. for Police Academy. It's fine. I bet Paul is not good at poker. A lot of no. tells. <laughs> a lot of tells. He actually is not even good at bowling. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of tells there. <laughs> no shower for you this morning, huh, Paul? <laughs> had one last night. Does he shower, though? He did shower this morning. You get a good glimpse at him? <laughs> I was in the other part of the it. other wing. Mm. All right. Uh, we'll break right back, uh, Big J. And I want to talk about this filibuster last night in Texas, mainly because I still can't understand a filibuster, despite how long I've been an American. Just somebody talking. Just somebody talking. Shit up. And how is that helpful? How is that good democracy? But why? They're, it was 19 t to 10, right, that they wanted to do something with the abortion clinics. It seems like 19 to 10 is a majority. 
But because one person speaks long, okay, now we don't vote at all? I don't get it. I've never understood filibusters. If you know, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We'll talk about that when we get back. It's the Ron Fez Show. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez Show on Sirius XM's OB and Anthony channel. More in moments. It's the Ron Fez Show. Paul has been moved into a corner. <laughs> Paul, you can sit up here with us. But I just, it, you just can't dominate when Big J's here like this. I like the comfy chair over there, though. All right, go sit in your comfy chair. <laughs> go get in your fucking comfy chair. Go ahead. Go, girl. Go, girl. Comfy chair. You copper-headed motherfucker. Why would you dye yourself a uh, hair color that doesn't exist? Keep it natural. I, I, I just take a little product, throw it on, and then it just keeps it in control. That's all. And the colors clearly went in various directions. You have a color like you got a bad pool. Um, <laughs> your, pH levels, <laughs> your pH levels are off. Jay Okerson is in with us. He's at the Empire City Casino tonight in Yonkers. And then is going to Newport, Kentucky next week, July 5th through 7th to celebrate that week. With the good folks at the Funny Bum, and come out because I'm I'm running an hour of material. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get a, an hour special for Comedy Central, hopefully. You, so because you said this was the year that you were going to do all the things. I did. I did say that. So yeah. I'm actually putting together material instead of just doing the uh, crowd, crowd work, work full time. <laughs> hey, fucko! It's my it's my, <laughs> it's my most fun. That I, that's what all the fun of comedy is to me, though. It's like going completely in the moment. You could do an album uh, called Great Shoes Fuckstick, <laughs> yeah. and you know I'm pitching. I, I'm doing a show. I think in the Montreal Festival this year called. Uh, Big Joker since what's your fucking deal? Just like <laughs> just talking to them. It's gonna be all showcasing crowd work. And there no one's ever well the the who has done it, you know, you go back to Rickles who's been doing it for fifty mm -hmm. years. But well they don't even let him have specials where he goes out where No, but I did see uh I watched uh, Rita Rudner and mm -hmm. Friends thing on Showtime. It's the whole thing. I, I really hope I get this special on Comedy Central because I think I can do it and put it on show, but Showtime will buy 
anyone just farting into a cup. And, All right, and I'm going to fart into a cup and take it in. Give it a shot. I'm going to give it to Paul Lowe to take it yeah, out there with him. Let him bitch it. <laughs> if you guys don't like Police Academy, i got a second project. Uh, hold on. Before you throw me out, <laughs> it's Cup Farts, the movie. There was some guy on that Rita Rudner special that came out, and he did crowd work the whole time, but didn't go. It was it was making me laugh because it was going nowhere. He's like, he's like, hey, buddy, is this your girlfriend right here? He's like... Pretty girl. Pretty nice girl. girl. He moves on. He's moved on. Somebody else. He goes, how about you? What do you do for a living? And the guy's like, uh, just kind of you know, civil contracting for a company. And he goes, good job. Sounds like a good job. And he just moved Interesting on. Interesting work. It's complimentary. <laughs> yeah, What's just, the background? He's like, you must have a fine resume. <laughs> yeah. He goes, that's solid work, huh? Good job security there. Just nothing uh, funny at all. We were uh, just... Um, Talking about up on the eye bank, and this is how far behind we are with stuff. Uh, we just got the uh, guy from the Counting Crows. Mm. That interview just went up. What's his name again? Dirt Sam Dirtz. Oh, I can never remember that. It's a very. Uh, but we were talking about the amount of women that he's been with has been pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Especially for a guy who was like, I thought he was weird looking when they first came out. Then he kind of caught his look. Mm -hmm. And now he has like that, like. Caveman Valentine, kind of, you know, it was like like bum fights. Yeah, like someone's paying him twenty bucks to fight another guy who looks like him. See, this is what works for him though. Why the girls like him? Sensitive. Is that yeah? Sensitive. You can songs. play the piano, man. Yeah. Yeah, and be sensitive out there. Good nope. for him. You were saying you were amazed that he dates women that know each other. Yeah, I'm too. I, I think it works. I think girls don't have a weird thing with that. Like girls can like there could be a grouping of girls who all like fuck the same dude and they seem to be okay with it. But I don't. I don't. I, maybe some dudes do have that security. But like I personally, that would be weird. That's what I was saying. Like in a scenario, if my friends like yeah. if my chick had fucked like two of my friends, like that she would just never be my chick. I just couldn't make that happen. I would never get past it. All right, so it's got to be two though. Can't be one. It can be even be one. Yeah, unless I know for a hundred percent fact. His dick is way smaller than mine, and the uh, odds of that are low. What about this? If you found out he, he was, she was with a Paul L, would that bother you? Even though you're not friends with him, we're acquaintance. Yeah, just because. And let's face it, you feel like you're above Paul L. I uh, no, let's not say I'm you're not, above Paul L. I don't own the rights to any franchise from the '80s. Neither does he. He's going to go out there and be arrested for something. <laughs> Look, I am actually pretty good in bed. If you want to know the truth, I if you get put me with any woman, I will satisfy her in lots of different ways. Well, that sounds like a challenge. Next call, fifteenth caller gets to fuck Paul O. He's an ass eater. <laughs> he He's an it. ass eater. Digs in. Yeah, He's not an he ass eater. I will. I will spend an hour finger fucking before I even start. Oh, God, <laughs> how old do you have to be to say finger fucking? Finger blast, Paul O. Finger uh, blast. Bang. Scott, you're on the Run of Fez show. Can you hear me? Yeah, so well. Okay, so I was going to tell you what happened with the uh, Texas Senate thing, because I watched the whole thing yesterday. So basically what happened is that the lieutenant governor of Texas, a guy named David Dewhurst, he lost in the primary for the Senate to Ted Cruz, who's making all kind of waves now, because he was considered too liberal for Texas. So he put together this bill that um, was going to make it illegal to get an abortion after 20 weeks, and would make all abortion clinics have to be ambulatory surgery centers. So there would only be five abortion clinics in all of Texas. There would be one in Austin, one in Dallas, um, one in San Antonio, and two in Houston. So they And how many are we looking at now? Dozens? 
there's over 60. Okay. So uh, so they tried to put this bill out um, at, at literally at midnight on Sunday and tried to force it through the Senate. And the Republicans have a two-thirds majority in the Senate, so they really don't have to have a lot of debate or know how the rules of the Senate work. But the Democrats have been in the minority for so long, they're kind of masters of knowing procedure. So basically, they succeeded in getting the vote pushed to Tuesday, and um, w- the woman who was the uh, the big filibusterer uh, yesterday, um, she has done filibusters before, so she decided she was going to do a filibuster, and the Senate session ended at midnight yesterday, so if she could talk that long, then well, they wouldn't vote on it. Well, what happened is she didn't even make it till then. They pulled her off. They said she had screwed right. up by bringing up other topics. Or you can't touch the table. You can't. Someone tried to give her a back brace, and that was another strike against her because you can't have a drink of water. That will yeah. take you down. So, long story so short. What happened was that yeah. the other senators then took up the banner and then started asking clarifications over and over and over again, basically asking the chair to waste time. And so they pushed the time to such an extent that it got to about. 12 minutes before midnight, and then um, the, the the guy who was the chair, he wasn't Dewhurst at that point. Dewhurst stepped aside because he was so unpopular at that point. They put up another guy named Bob Duncan, and he tried to then force the vote through. The woman said, um, why wasn't I recognized by the chair? Does a woman have to raise her hand to be recognized by the male uh, president of the Senate? The gallery then erupted in cheers so loud that nobody could hear votes happen. And then the Republicans tried to do a vote two minutes after midnight but um, and, and even changed the records to show that it happened before midnight. Um, and there's photographic evidence of that. Um, so then they all went in a closed-door meeting. The Dewhurst admitted that they couldn't have the vote be valid because it was after midnight, and so the bill is now dead, unless they call another special session or they take it up again after the break, which might happen. Madness down there, though, right? That felt like filibustering right there. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy (laughs) how complex or, like, okay, if someone talks so long, then the bill is just gone. It's just mind-boggling that we still seem to use these old-style things. Now, if you happen to be for choice, you're like, oh, this is great, but then they'll sometimes filibuster against your people. Yeah. It just seems nuts to me. It's where that's allowed. That yeah, it's Because everybody knows crazy. what they're doing. Everybody right. knows that they're fucking with each other. And then people were like saying to me, oh, don't you think she's great? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if a majority well, is going one way... I think her big point was that she was trying to bring knowledge of the bill forward because since they had brought it up at midnight on a Sunday they were trying to do it where nobody would really even know about it. So I think that her main goal, I don't think that she actually thought that it would get stopped. I think that she was just trying to bring attention to this bill that would almost close every abortion clinic in Texas. Mm. I can't drive a couple miles to get an abortion? How bad you want this thing? Mm. Not gotta be right across can. the street all the time? Not, Not everybody can. Clinics. Uh, I'd have plenty of them. Uh, the, the more the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. Peace. Uh, it just the filibustering thing just seems insane, like such a throwback. To yeah. Me.
Like a th- th- three-piece suit, finger-waving. Even the way they talk to each other, even the legalese, just sounds like it's LARPing. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't... Uh, your honor, if I may approach... Just, can we talk like people? They're fucking rolling dice. Yeah. Can, can we just be... You know, can you get away from the snuff box for two seconds and act like it's the year 2013? You know, like Game of Thrones talk. Yeah. Doth thou? It is. It's Game of Thrones. It's a hundred. It's a hundred percent. They claim that Game of Thrones keeps just getting bigger and bigger all the time. Yeah, it's it's the last season was just gigantic. I've got an idea. Is it over? Polo, yeah, over. you could pitch this when oh, you get out there. I call it Thrones Under the Dome. It's everything we love about Game of Thrones <laughs> and the new love. Under the Dome, they cut something in half. I love it. <laughs> It's like a half a cow. This is fascinating. Ben, in all Poor honesty, cow. will you replay your reaction to the to the split cow? I said I thought the split cow. I said they got their money's worth out of that effect, and I couldn't believe they kept showing it on network television over and over again. What is yeah, that? Yeah, it was really watch. gross. Well, it's a side of meat, though. It's not mm. like seeing a person murdered. It's good. Um, here is uh, Justin. You're on the Run of Fish show. Yeah, Ronnie. Hey, that was, uh, you're 100% right about the filibuster deal. It's so weird. If you're like, if it's helping you, you think it's great. Nobody ever steps back and is honest about how screwy things are. It's kind of the same with the Supreme Court deal on the gay rights. It's not the fact that we're the gay rights. It's the state rights issue. And, and you're like, you need to step back and realize, wow, this is scary, you know, that you're taking away states' rights. Whether you're for Well, there's no such thing as state rights. Um, and I don't know whether there should be, but to be totally honest. I mean, the the fact that Big J is going from New York to Kentucky, he shouldn't u- lose any rights as a United States citizen as he travels around. And that's why we had to get involved, because people down south could not be trusted in the way that they treated black people. <laughs> and they ruined states' rights. <laughs> and they were just acting like... No, they have their own school. No, they don't. Stop it. (laughs) What bothers me more than anything else is that poor people get abortions, and yet who wants to take care of these poor babies? These babies that, you know, this this government is not set up to take care of the social services of poor people. Somebody wrote to me the other day, and they were doing, I I guess, an anti-Fez thing, uh, something, and they go, you know it's better... If a family has a father and mother, yeah, it definitely is better. It's also better if the grandparents are there, aunts and uncles. Here's a, some. This is a family. These are people that don't want to have a family. That the chances of that baby growing up, being unloved and falling into a life of crime are a lot bigger. You're better off if people don't want to have the kid, to not have the kid. Yeah, there's not enough people looking to adopt. For the the turnover of kids that are and anyone who's ever commuted knows there's too many people already. There's too many fucking people. Yeah. So only have the people you want there is easy enough for me. But you know when we get into talking that extended family, when Dave's kid was here, he was talking about his grandmother as much as he was his parents. You know what I mean? That it is great when you have a grandmother involved. It's great when you have the kid has cousins and stuff like that. That's the best possible way. Two kids, two parents, and then even extended family. Now, if you don't have that, then you're going to have to do it as a single. You can't take it away from that woman because the man won't stay around. 
Or if the gays want something, God give it to them. Let them have one of the kids. <laughs> Take one it. of those black Chinese kids. <laughs> Two gays raising a black Chinese kid? That's yeah. got to be a sitcom. <laughs> Polo, while you're out there pitching. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, it's a serious issue that the gays should be able to take up the uh, just slack. Call, just call it my two fathers. <laughs> <laughs> my two dads. We can get, uh, what's his face? I bet Greg Evigan is available. Always. And Paul Reiser's probably dicking around somewhere. Uh, Steve in Texas, you're on the Run Fed Show. Hello? Yeah. Well, uh, I think it was... Um, Big J said something about you can't drive a few miles to a, an abortion clinic. It's 800 miles across Texas. Someone well, in someone in El Paso needed an abortion. They'd have to drive 600 miles to Dallas or Austin. Well, you need to, need to get city bikes, I guess. Get out there. You yeah. need to get an abortion. <laughs> For 600 yeah. fucking miles, you're just drinking a comet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pour some comet into an icy Coke. Come on. It'll be <laughs> over soon. Here he goes. You want to book a long trip where I can just give you a quick little nudge down these steps? Do you honestly think that a man should be involved in whether and anything to do with that in any way? There's no way I would tell a woman whether she should or should not have a kid. I would promote that there are places available if you so choose. <laughs> and I really think you should choose that way. Like, I get that. I get that train of thought, though, too. There is a guy who has a kid. It was like uh, when that was presented to me, like, I'm pregnant. I was very much like... What do you want to do? And I will support whatever it is. Because I say, yeah. I it's the only thing you can do. And, and, and when she said she wanted to like keep it, I was like, well, let's do it then. All yeah. right. Like it's like I, I wouldn't. Like, I didn't want to be negative. I didn't want from the get go to want to go. You got to get an abortion because I feel right. like then when she's here, you feel like an asshole the rest of your life. Like oh, I used to. The, the only reason that I had kids is because my chick said uh, I want to have a kid, and then you go, wow. Uh, Guess we're okay. doing this. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, you start to build on it, but it never would have occurred to you first. It's going to be simple. And never. the same thing happened with Dave. He had to be told. You know, and you're Ram like, whoa. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. I came in cocky, like, because yeah. I, I had such a big part in raising my brother and sisters, but you really check out on the idea that eventually my mom would come home. Right. And take care of them. So I was like, this is going to be a breeze. Right. And I remember, like, literally banging my head against a wall when she was crying, trying to scare her into not crying or make her feel bad for me in some way into not crying. <laughs> well, you grew up with her, didn't you? Yeah, boy, did I. <laughs> and we're still both learning. <laughs> um, here's Tom. You're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, guys. Yeah, Fez, I want to disagree with you. I thought that the cow cut in half was really poorly done. All they did was uh, have a big side of blood, bloody red. Seems to me if you cut a cow in half like that, you would see organs and brain. And I believe it bones. was a frozen cow that was mm. cut in half. It was all no, bloody it, mush except for the spine. Yeah, but you'd see something, a brain, organs, bones, uh, something other than a side of blood, which is all it was. Oh, it's like a fake thing. It's like from a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun. It's got a big video. project under the dome. Stephen King, thirteen and point eight million people. When did this start? How did I miss that? Monday. I love Stephen King. Exactly. Uh, have you read this uh, book? I was going to say I, I'm, that was a total lie. Oh, okay. I don't love Stephen King. <laughs> I love Stephen King's uh, stories adapted by good directors. Well, that hasn't happened very much, though, has it? 
Kubrick. Shining. The Shinings, Shining. I think, I stand by the Shinings, the scariest of all time. Nothing Absolutely. like the book, though. That the book is totally different. It and, is, but the movie's much better. Room oh. 237 is like, I've watched it like ten times. Oh, now. awesome. I just watched that recently. And I can't wait for the DVD to come out, because there's got to be another ten hours of material coming out. But you realize they're all crazy, right? <laughs> I don't. I see them all as academics who are making, you know, they may be, you could say they're obsessive. Sure. Well, each of them can't be right. No, and yeah. probably none of them are right. But then that becomes into subconsciously is something happening that maybe even Kubrick well, wasn't aware of. For instance, Kubrick did a lot of research on so many issues, including subliminal seduction. I think that that was a big part of what he was doing with that movie, was subliminal seduction. There was some way that, Did you watch that documentary? Mm hmm there was some of the things that was like I would have never noticed, but they become like the the carpet where the arrows are pointing yeah. one way, and then when he stands up, they're going a different way. Yeah, the director's in the Apollo sweat sweater for no that was such a random. He's just wearing an Apollo sweater. But like that was neat. Uh, that can you cool. start if you really examined anything, and start and find things there? Like you know, if you just start fucking running songs backwards, you start to hear <laughs> like what 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 did they just say? I buried Paul. Huh. Yeah, see, I'm lazy. I like to let other people do that kind of work for me. That's why I, David Lynch I love so much because he'll make a weird movie, but then there will be an explanation of it, like immediately, like what the weirdness was. I'm uh, still alive. His shit, I haven't figured out. Drive. Yeah, I haven't figured that fucking movie. Do you understand it at all? What the fuck went down? I watched Mahone it. Drive, I do. Yeah. I, I get it. Like, but I read it. But I mean, I wasn't like me. I didn't like figure it out. I'm not that uh, inquisitive. I go freaky imagery, and then someone on the internet tells you, and you're like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Ah, okay. So <laughs> they did cut the cow in half. <laughs> Mahone, you don't get on Mahone Drive? I only sold it once. I'm like, what the fuck just happened here? The cowboy What was guy? the other one that he did before that? Lost Highway. Yeah, that was crazy as shit. They're almost, they're almost the same exact thing. All right, so Lost it's Highway turning Mahone into it's the, identity. It's the idea. Well, the, the Mahone Drive was everything leading up to when they go to that weird opera, and then they end up just vanishing into that box, yeah. is Naomi Watts' ideal life, how she wanted life, like where she's a, an aspiring... Very good actress. Mm -hmm. The other girl is like a nervous, beaten down girl who like needs her and falls in love with her. The director of that movie, Justin Thoreau, is getting his ass kicked and his wife's cheating on him. And then after they go into the box, she wakes up. The cowboy says, wake up. And then it's her actual life where she's a shitty waitress. Um, she is in love with that uh, Laura Herring, the actress. But she's into Justin Thoreau. They're getting mad. You know what I mean? It's like it's, right. a, it's her, her real shitty life. And then she kills herself. So before that... What was happening? Before the box was, uh, she was helping the girl try to figure out who she was. The girl yeah. was completely dependent on her. She had amnesia, yeah. and they, they were like, they were fucking around together, like they were falling in love. And just the director was off getting beat up. What's interesting is the only scene I know nothing about that is the scene that made my heart thump in that movie was when uh, the guy recounts having a dream. Yeah, and they go behind the dumpster. The yeah, the dumpster and thing. that face just pops out. Yeah, I remember in the theater, me. like shitting my pants. It's getting. I got to go back scared. and watch this now. Um, now that you've seen the director's cut, and you're starting to get me in like a oh, couple it's so, things. It's so weird as you bring up those pictures. That's the other scariest scene in a movie I ever thought was Pet Cemetery, the sister. On the yeah. Oh. Now, would you want to be buried in a pet cemetery? Because <laughs> I know Joey Ramone doesn't want that. <laughs> um, but to David Lynch came in here. He wanted to talk about something fucking weird. David Did he really? Lynch, yeah. And all he wanted to talk about was like meditating, and it was fucking fascinating. 
all these things. Like he'll just meditate, get images, and then just blindly start make the movie out of it. Yeah, Lost Highway I think is one of the freakiest ones he's ever did too. And I'm, I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan. Lost Highway is um, well, there's scenes of hotness in that that. You can't get away from. Well, Patricia Arquette. Yeah, she was phenomenal. She went for it, huh? And then she yeah, just, she, like, porked up a bit. Well, you know, things started going well. She had, you know, <laughs> I don't want to eat salads forever. I can't Medium. fucking blame her. Yeah. What is it, Fez? Big J. Okerson. He's going to be performing tonight at Empire City Casino. That's in Yonkers. Show starts at 8 o'clock. EmpireCityCasino.com for reservations and information. Then, Jay's headlining the Funny Bone, Newport, Kentucky. That is July 5th through the 7th. FunnyBoneCentral.com for tickets. All right. Party. I just went to Empire Casino a few weeks ago. It's a nice, uh, nice racino. Why don't you go tonight? Dave Max Sports Program. You still doing that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like Pepper would love my comedy. He never sees it. I know. We always miss each other. I'd like to go to a casino with Fez. Why don't you guys go? You want to blow off your meeting tonight? No! <laughs> Why can't you guys go with it? <laughs> it's nice up there. It really is. Why doesn't everybody the go there? Is it cool? I've never been. Oh, yeah. Nice, we could probably yeah. have dinner and then go. Or just have the dinner up there. Yeah, they, they have a, a restaurant with a fucking. It looks really nice up there, for real. It's like oh, it's a new fucking casino. And it's not just a casino; it's a race scene. Yeah, yeah, you got you got some racing going on. That's nice. It's all slot, all machines, right? Yeah, yeah. It's electronic roulette. You love machines. Shit. Yeah, they're awesome. But who uh, wouldn't play poker against a machine? I mean, it is addictive. That those slot machines. Well, that's does. part of the fun. I know. That's part of the fun. <laughs> Paul is the only person I've known who. Uh, I found a penny slot machine <laughs> at the MGM Grand. He said, I'm just playing the pennies. I'm like, what? That doesn't exist. What is this, an arcade? <laughs> You'll find them in Empire Casino as well. That penny was, slots? That was yeah. the Mike Tyson fight. I remember that. Yeah. Well, you took the bus out. <laughs> what the deal was, we were all going into this fucking thing. He had to take the bus from Florida while the rest of us flown. <laughs> and then he could not have a hotel room. He could just fucking stay in the lobby and shit. And like, he was like, yeah, as long as I get to... You didn't even stay for the fight, did you? I didn't go to the fight. I went for the wilding. Oh, after the fact? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've talked to so many people. You know who I talked to about that? Anyone who was there at night was Roseanne Barr. I was like, that got fucking nuts. Yeah, I know. N never gets brought up in the media, but anyone who was at that fight, the one he bit off the air, uh -huh. afterwards, fucking dudes started destroying the casino. <laughs> Guns were fucking going off. They were just fucking tipping tables over and grabbing Paul, chips. Paulo killed Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> that's when all the shit started from that. Paulo killed Tupac that night. I'm good at getting rid of bodies. <laughs> so you did not go to the fight. And you did not get a hotel. Didn't finally Fez let you in, right? Somebody let me in. Something. So I think it was one of the, in, the the interns or whoever was there, and he was bitching because I was sleeping over on the other side of the bed. I was I I like floors. All right, let's talk about. It. Are we going to the Racino tonight? Is that the deal? I, I'm uh, I'm in. I have I'm to in. see if everybody else wants to. Yeah, I mean the meeting I mean, let's is important. make the decision now. I say yes. I say yes. Okay. Guest list. You guys are in. <laughs> First of all, they got money. Don't fucking guess this. <laughs> they got guess nothing but stuff. fucking cash. Be, that's right. It'd be when great if, when be are great you uh, playing at the stand again? Um, I'm just staying this whole weekend. Coming up. Um, this weekend? Yeah, yeah, Friday and Saturday. Four or five shows. What happened with that one? Oh, I'm, so I'm actually I'm going to run 
tomorrow night I'm going to run my hour for uh, I'm going to do an hour for Comedy Central tomorrow there. That might be perfect for you, Paul. That's fine with me. Sit, decide how you the guys hour should come. That, that actually would be a better thing for you coming up. The food there is fantastic. Like, it's, it's, you, you no one ever mentions that about the stand. That the food's great. Yeah, yeah. everybody. <laughs> First does. thing they always say. Everybody always says that. Yeah, it's cool, and you know, a fantastic show with mostly me. So it's a win-win for everybody. It's nice to you have a place in the city you can do an hour, huh? Yeah, no, that is really cool because that is a hard thing. To, I mean, you know, Caroline's and stuff. You got to book that like out six months in advance, or do a weird. T you know, it's like I could, I could do it tomorrow if I want to do it at five oh, in the nice. afternoon. I like you know I like happy hour comedy because I think it's, comedy works better if it's still light out. <laughs> yeah, that's the Always. best thing about it. Yeah, the vibe you get when you walk into a comedy <laughs> club and the sun's still hitting your back. That's great. Let's go hear some dick jokes while I still have did responsibility. You, did you? Did they use extra blackout um, things in here yesterday? Extra blackout curtains? You know, I think they did. I because um, I saw that picture that Opie took during the movie, and I'm like, we do not get that dark of a fucking backdrop. I wish we could still keep those curtains. It was on Opie's uh, Twitter. Uh, they shot uh, Chris Rock shot in here yesterday. Oh, movie. for his movie. Yeah. And in this movie, and I don't want to give anything away, but Opie kills him in the movie. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Look at the other shot. So, I don't know. that. I hope that doesn't ruin it for anyone. The movie, it's something like he's like, he's playing, he's pitching something a TV yeah. show or something some fucking you know so he's like the Paul he's playing the Polo story <laughs> even copper tips himself well I wouldn't mind to have a proper dye job do you think what I'm thinking I'm thinking so, how about Chris Rock is uh, Hightower dude if you're doing a police academy if you get fucking Wanda Sykes and Chris Rock in this Forget about it. You're on top of the world. Louis C.K. is tackled, Barry. Let's make it a powerhouse ho, thing. Ho, ho, Oh, my God. Ho. Oh, my God. Dane Cook Mahoney. Oh. Louis C.K., my best buddy. This is for Gutenberg. <laughs> oh, yeah. Louis C.K. ruined his career hopes. He had a movie out, and Louis C.K. made fun of it and never sold another thing. Do you still work with that other guy that was producing with you? The guy that I'm friends did, with him, said sure, that you yeah. killed your wife? I'm friends with him. When... When uh, Paulo's wife died, this guy calls me on the phone. He goes like this. Uh, Ron, I'm not saying he did it, but I don't know. But Paul's wife is dead. I don't know what happened to her. I don't know if Paul did it. And I go, why are you on the phone with me with this? You know what I mean? First of all, hang up. Who? Someone called you and said they think Paul killed his wife? Yeah. Who could it? Who? Not Louis C.K. No, this is a friend of Paul's. <laughs> oh, that, doesn't sound like a good friend. Apparently, when you talked, well, when you talked to him, you let on that you killed her. I've never did. look. The point is, is like we discussed earlier about the drug situation today. Prescription drugs was a lifetime of nightmare for her. Plus alcohol, like you say, there's legal drugs and there's illegal drugs, and then that was her sin: prescriptions and and alcohol. And I was an enabler for sure, and I've always feel guilty about that. Um, so did you say that to the police? That you had a pillow over her face? No, sir. Thank you. Um, here's Dustin. You're on the Run Fest show. Hey, guys. What's up? I just wanted to say Banner show today, man. This is about the third time I've caught Big J on the show, and he's awesome. He's funny as hell, so 
Me and yeah. well, me, we love having Big J in now. The only know. thing is, he is uh, late all the time. <laughs> yeah, we're a great uh, duo, me and Big J. Power I don't punch. know. <laughs> I really don't like you on the show too much, Bolo. <laughs> I'm not crazy about you. I don't think that you're entertaining. I think you're a bad storyteller, which is weird if you want to become a filmmaker. <laughs> Your Honor. Would you want to go out and see my buddy Mitch uh, Glazer? Yes. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm <laughs> sorry. You know why? <laughs> no. I want to keep him my buddy Mitch Glazer. Thank you. And I feel like... A nice die job would help me. <laughs> at this point of our relationship, if I send a crazy person... To his beautiful home. <laughs> it would ruin it. Okay, I'm just saying, sir. You know, I I really am at the height of my creativity right now. That's not that high for you, though. Okay, I mean, fine. you haven't had a creative thing your entire life. That's not true. I mean, I've written 500 songs. I mean, I have a lot. Sing of one of them. <laughs> you never remember any of your songs. I, but that's because I have so much creativity. Sing one. Are you married? I, don't I see a ring? <laughs> Do you have children? Why aren't they around when bring you up and bring you down? It's like Dion. Beautiful young thing. I want to know if you'll see me again. <laughs> okay, that's like out of the complete blue. What do you want from me? Dave's baby was better singing yeah, a song fine, the other day. Fine, <laughs> called Mr. Ribby. Fine. You know, that's my life. You know, just go ahead and shit on my shit on Sing my me jet. another song. I can't. Are you lonesome? <laughs> do you have liverwurst? <laughs> Is this your dog here? <laughs> You're like an annoying man. Like an annoying homeless person. I have a couple up on the YouTube that I put up. You know, that's, so anyway, look. All right, let's grab one of his YouTube songs. I don't see okay. uh, I don't... Uh, Badsong.com. Paul's. Paul <laughs> we'll do it tomorrow. I can't do it today. I'll get it all figured out. Is this your pants? Is my? Yeah, could you check and see if my ass is bleeding now? Is is one in a vision I have? This is like a demo tape. All right, get it closer to your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic. <laughs> it's, 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 it's radio, but the visuals are pretty impressive. <laughs> You're not singing. That's me singing, sir. That's just I. I'm. I'm, what do you call it? Is this Lip called sick? the giant nose? Is that the name of this? It's just a close-up of stubble. the nostrils. It's called stubble. <laughs> it looks like an enemy of yours gave you LSD and just filmed you. Your fucking nose looks like a bear cave. It's that camera. It's got like a fisheye lens. It's true. The freakiest thing you about it to me is... You motherfucker. The freakiest thing about the whole thing to me is that at the bottom it says, Posted by Paulo himself. <laughs> I thought someone did this to you. No matter what the art form is, you do it poorly <laughs> and without thought. <laughs> it's amazing. 
You know, I, like that crazy guy who did all those songs, the one who was institutionalized and stuff. You know, I mean, I, admittedly, I'm not... Manson? I forget the guy's name. Uh, the, he did a song about Mountain Dew, I think, at one point. But I, I'm just saying, I, 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 I'm not in a situation where I did... I did some studio things, but that's just a demo tape. That was to get your record deal? No. <laughs> That's it. another thing you didn't come through. Huh? <laughs> I've got over 500 songs and 60 movies. <laughs> well, my friend, my partner on that, he said this is the worst partner because he's the one who does all the drugs and he's like alcohol. So he never leaves right. his house. <laughs> How come all your... 500 your, songs. <laughs> your wife... <laughs> 500 songs. He just slaps it in your face. I, I've written 500 songs. <laughs> what have you got to tell me, Prince? I've written more songs than you. I've got, I got 27 full albums in my head. Prince is a productive albums. motherfucker, though. Right. He, 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 and yet you've written more songs now. <laughs> he shits out albums all the time. I remember when that cocksucker stole Purple Rain from me back in 84. I came up with Purple Fog. <laughs> I actually like Little Red. Corvette. Oh shit! George Zimmerman, uh, uh, Trayvon's girlfriend looked exactly like I would have. If you said draw what his girlfriend would look like, that's what I would have drawn. Um, is that her? Yeah, she's adorable. <laughs> hey now, it's Hank Kingsley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to come here and take a break from my job as head comedy writer for this trial for the defense. <laughs> that was awful. This looks uh, like it's going to go on for a long time. Fucking Florida. It's Paula's hometown, yeah? Yeah. It is. It's not far. Not far at all. Good Lord. Well, Big J. Uh, Empire City Casino in Yonkers tonight. Then headlining the Funny Bone in Newport, Kentucky next week. Good to see you again, buddy. Thank you again for having me, as always. Uh, you're always invited in. I don't know whether you and Hicks don't talk or what, what happens. We talk. Yeah. I, never tell. I feel like Hicks, I've never wanted a person to like me more who I'm just not sure how he feels about me. <laughs> you saw the way he interacted with the intern that was worried about his career. He barely stayed awake. For his, <laughs> he seemed like he had a... A beef, but you barely can stay awake from He's it. High all the time. What do you? I'm expect? not high all the time. How much of that LB's left that you had? Half. That's oh, that's a lot. How long's it been? Month. Yeah, change. You, that's perfect. You're good. Two months. You're a nighttime guy, right? Yeah. You're smoking nighttime guy. Yeah. And one before he comes in in the morning. Polo, I don't know if your music's any good, but looking this is over, I think you should go have a brain scan. I'm not liking what I see in the darkness around these eyes. Okay. So you'll be back tomorrow? Yes. All right, you guys are going to the Racino tonight? I would love to. Okay, fun night. Fun night. Bring it on out. All right, that's it for us, guys. See you back in here tomorrow. Hey, uh, send your barbecue pictures to the iBang. We're giving away some uh, signed James Gandolfini stuff for that. Only for the best pictures. Uh, see you guys in here first thing tomorrow morning. And that's the end of my show. Donk. <laughs>